fighting words. Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast on Saturday, the 12th of November, 2022. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. My arms ache from clearly fighting all those words. And Robert Kemp. Throwing down punches. <laughs> I mean, that would, that would make more sense than what actually happened. Okay, well, actually, okay. <laughs> this is a story, bro. It would make more well, sense like, that you were fighting literal words. Yes, like, I mean, it, it, that, that actually <laughs> would make more sense. Because what actually okay. happened was I had a long bath and then my arms ached for a day and a half. What? <laughs> and I was like, what? Why? From the bath? Yeah. Were they like dehydrated and like, uh, what do you call it? Like desiccated. And they, <laughs> you like, you like re- arms. <laughs> well, I don't really get pretty any longer. I don't know why. Huh, you were in there for so long, you atrophied. <laughs> like, I don't know why it was the arms specifically. It was like, yeah. I mean, legs maybe would make even more sense than that. Huh. I can't yeah, remember the last time I had a like, bath. Like, the bath was like, the, your arms were floating up in the bath and then your muscles were like, well, that, I don't not need it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the opposite of what sort of happened. <laughs> Because, I mean, the problem with our bath, obviously, is I'm tall, and I, mm. I'm, therefore I'm constantly having to shift my legs positions sure, yeah. between, like, fully sitting up and laying back. Yeah, yeah. So is it, like, are you mm. resting on your shoulders weirdly on the back Not part really. of the bath, or are your shoulders out of the bath? Well, like that depends which one of those two positions. Yeah, right? yeah. You've, you've slinked <laughs> But also, in. not really. It's not like I'm putting excessive pressure onto my back or anything. Mm. And Weird. it's never happened before. It's just this one time my arms were just like, fuck this, <laughs> for no apparent reason. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> so hopefully that won't happen again. <laughs> Have they recovered then, your achy arms? More or are you still permanently ached? I mean, now now it's just like, now it's bleeding into like RSI, <laughs> like my normal arm pains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd, think, you'd think... You know, a nice long soak in the yeah, bath would help, be good for that sort that. of thing. Rather yeah. than causing it. <laughs> I mean, it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a, Aggravating it. I mean, I wonder if you fall into the, the sort of the argument of like, is an ice bath or a hot bath better for aching arms or something like that? Look, there's, right, there's, yeah. there's those two schools of thought that. Who takes an ice bath? Like athletes really. and stuff. Athletes but, do, yeah. Yeah, but not, not I don't know. Normal people. Oh, I suppose that was was it. No. A, was it an Am- no? Was it an Amazon or a Google ad or something like for the for the? It might be a Google ad where it's like for the, for for your routine or something, and, it, and the ad starts with some guy like with a timer next to him getting out of an ice bath, and it's like, oh, okay, that's your routine, is it, you madman? The only coldness I will accept is very gradually reducing the temperature of the shower until of until you like leaving the shower. <laughs> Although yeah, our, our, our like electric shower doesn't go nearly low enough, I'm, I like okay. I can I can really? stand way colder than this, yeah. but it's still kind of warm. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a constant routine between Gnome and I that it's like after Gnome's been in the shower, I turn it down, and after I've been in the shower, Gnome turns it right up, so turns it like, back up. <laughs> it's like oh, I but just do found you go the sweet for the, spot. the actual cold shower of like the gradu- oh, the no. incremented down to down to zero uh, or almost zero. I, mean, no, I, I, I incremented just... down as far as zero goes on this shower, yeah. which isn't zero. Yeah. I mean, I tend to just start at a comfortable, fairly cold. Not, well, not fairly cold, but you know, right? Like, I guess skin temp. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I would assume there must be sh- real fancy showers that do that for you, right? 
But you could just be like, here's know. the start temperature, here's the end temperature, here's how long well, I want it to take to get me. between them. You know what? I don't know if the, like, Maybe. the like, tech broed shower is really a thing. No problem. Yeah, because you get the tech broed like, thermostat and everything, all yeah. the other things in the in the house. I don't. That's clearly a gap in the market. For, what, like, they're going to use like an IR shower. camera to try and watch your body temp and then like no. match the... I suppose the problem is... They can't. How they need an interface that you know works when your hands wet. I mean, <laughs> you know, you can't just ass. have a touch screen on there. Yeah, but regular yeah. ass buttons <laughs> or regular ass dials, like they already have. Yeah, yeah I know. But then it, then it's not. You're not going to be able to sell it as like a. You, no, you, know, you it's easy need to, a LED display. You could put an LED yeah, display behind crazy the display. dial, like a like a Nest. Or right. Whatever. Yeah. That that would be, be the trick. Yeah. That's what I'm, yeah. what we're saying. Yeah, it can be done. <laughs> I think that would be cool, though, as it were. Yes. At least that'd be one of the settings. It'd be appropriately cool. I found uh, I was listening to the Adam Buxton podcast, and he said his the, the the trick for getting to the into the cold shower is to make stupid monkey noises, and I found that that does work. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely helps so, as you're reducing the temperature. So, all right, why would you get in? What is the what is the thing about getting into a cold shower then? Like, it's like why would, why do you do that? Is it just to well, wake you up? Getting directly into a cold yeah. shower. Oh, well, I was doing it after like a run or something. I don't normally do it. I think it does wake you up, but it also like, I don't know, it's like vasoconstriction. It's like good for good for stress, I think, and stuff. Oh. Like, I think it's supposed to be like good to lower your temperature and also, what's the vasoconstriction? It's like the blood goes away from your... Uh, um, from the from from the outside, from the surface. yeah, from yeah, the surface. Exactly. It goes, it goes deep. I think it has a number of like benefits and stuff. Um, hmm. But I'm just doing that because, like, my normal shower would be when I'm actually, you know, trying to get clean and stuff. I keep it fairly warm or whatever. But then after a run or something, I'm like, just want to reduce the temperature down so that because I've been all sweaty and stuff, I just want to get the yeah. sweat off, re- reduce the temperature down, and then be done in like basically five minutes <laughs> yeah to a point but well, i still I, I, make, I make it cold in that case but not like not like monkey cold yeah as you say. Monkey like, cold is, <laughs> it is quite fun i don't know it's, it's pretty weird i, I mean i've I done i do it it's, like when i'm when i'm when no man i go for a spa day or something like that i'll do it there because it's like it's like oh yeah. it's got to be done at least once you've got to jump into that shower press the yeah. unlabeled button and see what happens yeah I or mean, like I don't think I'm going to be doing it in the winter, to be honest. <laughs> I think it's there's got to be a summer thing, right? The cold shower. Yeah, I guess. Well, there was that one spa we went to, which literally just had a bucket on a rope that, you know, it would automatically fill up with water, and then you pulled the rope, and it'd be like, hey, bucket oh, time! Right. <laughs> nice. You Again, you do that like once. For the ice bucket challenge. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. like at Centre Parks, where they have like a, um, uh, there's always a cold plunge pool. Like, uh, like right next to the hot tubs, pretty much, or like the bubble area. Like, it's not really a hot tub, I suppose, but like the bubbly bit of pool. They would normally have a plunge pool, so you could just jump right in it. And it's like, this is like three degrees or something ridiculous. And it's like, oh god. <laughs> I mean, just regular swimming pools are cold enough in a lot of cases. Sometimes, yeah, but they're they're they're, they're sort of only cold on for they're, they're sort of like the right temperature that you adapt, right? Well, for for actually swimming, yes, yeah. <laughs> not just sitting there oh, they're okay if it's just sitting. i mean i'm a bit weird and i get on with the cold generally but i, I can quite yeah, easily I'm just not that sit, way. sit in a bubbly pool yeah a bubbly pool a bubbly pool a bubbly pool 
<laughs> Beverlyville. It's my, it's my favorite seaside town. Is that our uh, our tech bro shower brand? Bubbly poo. A bubbly poo. <laughs> <laughs> a bubbly poo. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be wet fucker, wouldn't it? Or something like that. Just... <laughs> <Ew. laughs> Spray fucker. Spray. I mean, I, I say I say eel, but that's much much healthier than dry fucker, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's the hair <laughs> hair dryer brand. We're <laughs> <laughs> uh, thirteen anyway. years into this podcast, and that joke is still good. <laughs> How many years in when we when we came up with that joke? I'm though? pretty sure it was pretty early, like fairly early. Was it? <laughs> yeah, like maybe only a couple, something like that. And I say came up with in the most loose sense but yeah. it's basically a joke we stole from Jack Bob <laughs> is it oh I can't remember I mean for me like if it's from the podcast area it's a relatively new joke for us <laughs> for us yeah I guess <laughs> <laughs> one of my faves hey right I, I think go on I finished that Lord of the Rings show by the way I, I only watched like three. I, I, I stopped know. completely. Which is, yeah. which is what it, it does get better. Does it? I'm going I'm I'm to say that. just so bored. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is still super slow to mm. until for like, I say for like five episodes. And then like in episode six, suddenly, well, episode six is basically an episode entirely of action. So like, right. Um, Shit happens. Yeah. It's suddenly very different. And then seven's less so, but, I forget how many there are. I think there's eight. Um, yeah, seven less so, but still quite interesting. And admittedly, the last episode slows it right down, but that's where, you know, the, the name of the show suddenly becomes important. Where they have to <laughs> right, yeah, make yeah. up some weird bullshit to link it back into the actual law. <laughs> yeah, and there's, a, and there's a few... Yeah, exactly. There's a few, like, by that point, fairly obvious revelations and stuff like, because like, I kind of had it already pegged. But I, and I'm not, yeah. a, and I'm not a Lord of Rings lore, lorist. Um, no, so I, I wasn't. That I, might I actually impede you. Yeah, I think if probably. you actually know the lore, it might make it, it worse. It, it, it <laughs> didn't, it didn't, yeah, I guess I wouldn't have had the the intrigue, I suppose, but which I did at that point. It was like, I still, yeah, I think I enjoyed it more towards the end than I did at right. the start. I think it, I think it found its way a little bit. Okay, I don't know if I can be bothered to go back to it. Oh well, I don't know. Anyway. Maybe. <laughs> in other TV news, I just wanted to bring that up because obviously you're the you're the Lord of the Rings guy, and you're in some. I am in the Lord of the Rings guy, but I just couldn't get on with the the TV show. But yeah, maybe I'll get that. It's, it's interesting. I um, and you know they they very much the Star Wars thing. I very much I hope they don't stop that. now. That's what I mean because it's it's like it's like oh they finally oh, got they pro- to the got to the start of the story. <laughs> it's, it's I kind don't of one think of they will. I think they'll make at least one more season because I think it's all agreed and stuff. But mm. I don't know. It, it depends because presumably it hasn't done as well as they hoped. I mean, but they probably hoped it would do insanely well, and mm. it clearly hasn't. But I'm sure it's done fine. But. You know, they're really pushing at Amazon. Like every single box you get from Amazon has fucking Lord of the Rings all over the table over it. I can't remember what I was looking at the other day, but I saw like a Lord of the. Oh yeah, it was it was in the in the Quest menu. I was using my 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 VR uh, the, the Quest Two, and uh, in the menu I was just like, oh, it's reset my um my you know my my hub I suppose to the uh, to the default. Um, let me let me put it back to what I was. But then I noticed, like in the in the list of like environments you can now pick, there is a Lord of the Rings 
rings of power oh, really? environment that I think is like the 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 dwarf mountain, like inside the dwarf mountain. Um, I should probably look at that, see if it's any good. Um, so yeah, it's <laughs> their marketing has made it into a quest environment. I think that's the only branded one in there as well, which is makes it right. extra strange. It's like extreme marketing. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, are you watching that Star Wars show? I don't think anyone is. No, or... I still don't have, Dis- I don't have Disney yeah. Plus at the moment. Oh, you don't have um, Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So it's it's really weird, Andor. I'm not, it's it's genuinely good, but also the tone is very strange for Star Wars. Like, it's mm. not... It's it's much bleaker than... I don't know. It's it, it, it's much bleaker than any Star Wars. It's just before. the gritty edgelord realism that everyone's been it's looking for. It's super edgelordy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like... Well, that's fine, but it almost could be in a different. Yeah, you know, it could be in a different universe, like Battlestar Galactica style right. or whatever. Like, they could, they could have thrown any sci-fi at it, and it would have been fine. Well, I don't know. It's like they're deliberately not leaning into. Yeah, yeah, totally Mass Effect. Like it could have been its own universe without too much trouble. But uh, but they're just picking bits of Star Wars that that make sense for their like gritty story, like the Empire being uh fascists basically mm. but then that's really low key in the original star wars it's just a yeah yeah it's, it's not about politics it's just a it's just a like they're the evil bat you needed an evil empire the, but this is like oh it's full-on like nazi germany or whatever and, and mm. like the mechanics of it and the institutions and everything and then the and then what it takes to you know to uh, form a rebellion against that, it's like it's not just the plucky rebels with like the the, the kid, you know, the farm boy. Well, yeah, because I guess the, 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 the rebels like, are shit. the rebels are kind of always already formed in the stories, right? Yeah. Like, so this is them forming or whatever, but it's yeah. like super. But but it's it is genuinely like pretty good. But it's like literally the last episode is Star Wars, and the, the last hmm. episode I watched had euthanasia in it, basically. Wow. Like it's okay. like full on. Uh, but some of the acting in it is like pretty, like better than I've ever seen in anything Star Wars. That's for sure. Hmm. It's like uh, it's got Stellan Skarsgård and um, uh, Andy Serkis in the last arc. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard he's real good in this. He's um, he's good in it. Like uh, it's uh, but in it, fairness, yeah. when is he not good in stuff? But you know, well that's true. Uh, but I mean, he was in. He's technically the bad guy in the in the. He's Snoke, isn't he? Oh like, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, um, but yeah, it's real weird. Like, I definitely recommend watching it. But it's it's it it almost doesn't like because I was thinking like, is this like the Deep Space Nine of Star Wars? Like, but it's <laughs> right. it's you know how Deep Space Nine was like the grittier, murkier Star Trek. I mean, kinda. It, it was, it was it like the, yeah by by whatever Star Trek's level of murk well, really like, is on exactly. s- in some episodes when yeah. they're not doing like, normal Star Wars uh, Star Trek exactly bullshit. like for Star Trek it was it on by Star Trek standards it's it's the the gritty murky one uh, but you'd think and I was wondering like is Andor like the gritty murky but it's way beyond like it's like that but like turn like Deep Space Nine is not that gritty in comparison to you know normal star trek so it's not battle star let's put it that way i don't know if anyone um, was clamoring for that but i'm in my head this is like oh is this the like when the nintendo revealed 
Twilight Princess, and everyone was like, "This is the Zelda I really want." <laughs> and then it, it was just a normal Zelda game. Yeah, you know? it's strange. You know, that sort I mean, of like, not... is it trying to appeal to those people that always want a, a like a grim dark version of yeah, their favorite franchise? So. But that's what the but extended universe well was, right? In Star Wars. Yeah, but the extended universe had that insane thing where, like, oh, there's an evil alien civilization is coming to attack us after all that. And yeah. That's really dumb. That's not Star Wars. <laughs> they shouldn't have done that. That's really stupid. But then it didn't matter because it was just a bunch of books that no one, you know. But it was much darker than the regular Star Wars stories. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just sort of because you can go like dark in like a young adult way in a really bad way, and sure. I feel like Andor's doing it in a reasonably good way. It's just like very strange tone for Star Star Wars. Hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I'd I'd watch it for sure. Yeah, um, I wonder if I'd like not tell Gnome some of that stuff <laughs> if we were going to watch it. <laughs> it's got some good people in like it. it. <laughs> like uh, it's it's quite engaging. Like and it's quite well shot. I don't know. It's it's, it's quite good. Hmm. Um, uh, which is not what I expected because I didn't like Rogue One. Like, and this is like the See, I did. kind of so, the prequel yeah. to Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, interesting. Um, no, that's cool. Yeah, we probably like, will like get get our Disney Plus back. But I'm going to try and find a way of. We've probably got multiple ways in which we can get it slightly cheaper or attached to something else like like my sky subscription is up right so it's like it's time to have a look at what's going on with that because boy sky is expensive um yeah but we do use it a lot and so <laughs> f1 obviously and well and that and, <laughs> yeah. that and the fact that i don't have to i'm still i've still and i'm still eligible to get the deal where i don't pay for sky f1 which is which is great they they honor that deal still that i got when i first signed oh, that's up good. but um, man, I tried to figure it. <laughs> Sky, right? They they're kind of the worst at this because, like, obviously they're, yeah. they're super expensive, and they also have like lots of tiers and add-ons and things that you can add to your package and be like, oh, I want this bit, I want this bit, I want kids, I want music, I want cinema, I want sports. I didn't realize I had sports. I'd like somehow I get that for free as well. Like that's a thing I didn't mm. know I had. Um, you did know that at one point. Yeah, maybe I, I remember yeah. us like looking through it and be like, "What weird bullshit sports school?" <laughs> yeah, why have I got this? Well, I, I think some of the channels, like the non-premium channels, that like everyone gets, right? Mm. Like maybe ESPN four or something ridiculous or Eurosport, uh, or maybe they've tied those up. There, there was some like weird, obscure stuff. I think there was always there, but. Uh, yeah, like so I get all that, and it's like, okay, what if I wanted to actually change my package and perhaps turn stuff off that I don't need, and can I like save money in some ways and stuff like that? Their website is rubbish for like actually being able to modify what you have. Like, if if I wanted to turn anything off, you cannot do that. Like on renewal, well, obviously, and it's like you have to call to them. And <laughs> yeah, of course they don't. But it's like they they they're all their like. All of the blurb that you get leading to that point says, "Yeah, you could just 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 go to the website, manage it from there." And you get to the website, and it's like you can't manage it from there. <laughs> it's like it's it's nonsense. I mean, um, when it's like it's the technically legally true. Where it's like manage it from the website because the website tells you what the phone number is. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But then, like they they make it even more awkward in the upgrades. I might actually consider like the the four K the four K upgrade, for instance, which I don't have. Um, and as it turns out, probably wouldn't cost a whole bunch more than what I have, like maybe a couple of pounds, literally, to upgrade to 4K. Um, you know, 4K F1, that'd be good. Uh, 
probably no different, but you know, whatever. Uh, I can't. The, the website doesn't offer me any way to do that. And it's like, well, you clearly offer it. So what do I need to actually do? Oh, I'm going to have to call someone, aren't I? It's frustrating. But Sky are also doing that weird streamy box now as well. They're like, yeah, they have Sky a non- over IP. Yeah, yeah they have a non-satellite option, which... My brother told me about that because he's been working for Sky. Mm. But I have a, I'm in two minds about that because it's like, Obviously, watching anything through that is going to impact your broadband if you're doing that. If you're not yeah, on yeah, ridiculous Sky speed broadband, broadband yeah. which we, we can't get the best of the best here. So it's like, do I want no. to do that? I suppose I already have Disney Plus and Netflix, and I've never really noticed it being a problem. So maybe putting Sky in is Sky streaming instead of a Sky satellite is not a terrible idea. But I can't. The Sky website knows I'm a. I'm a user of it, so I can't actually see what any of that stuff is. Like, uh, it's frustrating. Maybe you can ask my brother how to get around that because he made that website. I think. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's the, no, no. He works on the broadband deals, right? Part, yeah, which I there, he, which I there are certain things where you know criteria that hide certain options from yeah. you. <laughs> it's yeah. a, it's nightmarish in that, and it's like I know what I'm looking for, and I know it must be here, but the website just refuses to show me it. Yeah, um, because of its knowledge of me, I guess, and it's like ah, frustrating. Hello, my name is Guy Incognito <laughs> mode. <laughs> Gusto. Oh, I saw a Twitter meme on that basis, of course, because Guy Incognito had a verified checkmark. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, of course. <laughs> Are we getting into news though? Is it Twitter time? <laughs> yeah, is it news time? Right. I mean, this is nominally about video games, but I mean, do we want to talk about Twitter? Because it's hilarious. And we've talked about it for the last several weeks. But as yeah, I said I last so. time, it's like it's still kind of a in the wait and see what actually happens mode. Because they keep trying to do things and they're not doing things. Although yeah, some of the things that have stuck, things. I mean, I guess firing everyone has stuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they the, fired everyone. The least laid off thing. like, I don't know, a lot of people. Um, I need to. I need. I need some education here. Like, what, okay, who got fired? And or and because it sounded like there was a lot of them, right? Like a lot of. It's people. a big rail. It's not a very big company, really, on the scale of like Facebook or or, or Amazon. Well, yeah, or that was my like question. That. It's like like a little bit of. There's a bit in my head that can't quite understand. As I can't remember the actual number of people, but like I want to say it was like hundreds, right, or maybe even a thousand or something like that. It was a, a ridiculously large number. Yeah, of people. I think it was at least fifteen hundred people. I think. Right, yeah, that's, that's a huge number, and I'm and a bit in my head is like, how does it take that many people to run Twitter? I I don't, I actually don't understand how it requires that many people. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean they are the- assuming that. Like everything's not run by algorithms. Well, maybe <laughs> that's the, maybe it isn't. Maybe that's the problem. Like, maybe, maybe, maybe I think a lot of the moderation stuff does have to be manual. I mean, obviously, sure, it's not, yeah, it's algorithm driven. But I think you know their their queue of things to look at is algorithm driven. Yeah, to actually approve human and, beings to yeah uh, and verify um, that oh no, this is this is right. This is a false positive. Da, 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 I think that's then. a big part. And then there's building and, and incrementing on the platform. I imagine most of the software engineering is to do with scale and not to do with like feature development sure you know what i mean and presumably uh, security i mean that's got to be a and security deal. yeah um, but like can you imagine how many records that they're and working with in a distributed way like and i heard that like 
I, I, let's see if I can find it. Actually. Wasn't like a big Go part on. of it, like the layoffs as well, like their ethics team or something. Like yeah, entirely yeah, they got... laid off the whole ethics team. <laughs> yeah, fell swoop. Yeah, which presumably must have been this moderator group, I guess. Or it's a... I don't know. There's just something in my head that's like, okay, I don't, I don't want to defend Elon too much in this. This is not what I'm, I'm doing here. But there's just a bit in my head that's like, maybe there was fat to trim. But maybe, oh, yeah. but maybe he's gone about it in, a, in, in the wrong way. Well, it's like, because he didn't trim fat, he removed it entirely. Yeah. It's like he didn't leave any fat left at all. <laughs> just, just bone. <laughs> yeah. He turned it into he, t- he turned a steak into into a vegan steak. <laughs> but bones aren't vegan either. No, uh, got, that metaphor doesn't quite succeed. Well he got rid of the flavour. <laughs> He got, he got rid of the bit you actually want. <laughs> what would you make a vegan bone out of? A like vegan ceramic. bone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, ceramic would work. You, you don't want to bite into that either. No. It's, uh, it's, uh, is that got to be a key part of this? Like, if it's got to represent bone in food, it's got to be equally unpleasant if you find it. Yeah. That's how you really trick people into thinking they're eating meat by leaving bits of bone in it. <laughs> It's always like a, like a hard silica or something because it's got to have that little bit of weird. Well, that's why I was saying ceramic because, like, like un, I'm talking like unglazed ceramic. Unglazed. Mm. That's even worse. I think <laughs> that's quite bone-like. I would say. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, mean, I haven't eaten many bones. <laughs> really, <laughs> you don't. You don't. You don't go about trying to eat a bone. No. Right? It just sort of happens. Like, Although it, I, I mean, it's just in original recipe KFC, right? You just find. You're yes. just going to find one. I think I get the feeling that probably your teeth hitting ceramic is going to not feel like hitting no, bone. That's going to be far more jarring. I'm yeah, sure. it's much more scrapey. <laughs> scrapey. Oh, oh that's like that yeah, is, exactly. That as soon it. as I was thinking, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, give- not, that's not what chewing off a bone feels like. That is, that's giving me that reaction. Like, I know it's not <laughs> happening to me, but I'm feeling it. Scraping your teeth against a chalkboard. Uh, uh. I swear, I'm getting more sensitive to like suggested experiences <laughs> if that makes sense like if someone starts talking about something gross i mean this has been growing for years in fairness with me but like if someone starts talking about something gross that I, that actually does like disgust me in some way i kind of start getting vomity reactions like that, well, that can I mean, just that can just happen now from the suggestion not the actual thing and that that's that's kind of new kind of i guess for me anyway or maybe it's, maybe it's just because because it used because you used to not be resistant to it like physically, yeah. so you experience that, so that inherently leads towards it becoming a suggestion thing. Yeah, like <laughs> okay, so if, uh, th- this week in particular, for, for an example, right? This week we we had a bit of a bad experience with <laughs> the coffee. Talk about it on the podcast, whatever whatever it is that caused this reaction. Uh, no, it's not. It's not <laughs> well, I mean, it's not. It's not that bad. Um, <laughs> no, it really isn't that bad. I had a bad reaction to the coffee machine. Okay. So we cleaned it out and we made a coffee one morning and it clearly wasn't clean. Quite right, yeah. Because okay. it it after I, like my milk didn't settle in my coffee right. It's if that makes sense. Like it looked wrong. But Nome had, had a bit before she left and she was like, hmm, he's alright. So 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 I drank half of it. Uh threw up later. <laughs> it clearly wasn't good. And uh uh like 
that now there's a sort of bit of me that's like when I'm thinking about coffee, even though I literally just drank a coffee, but there's a bit, there's a bit of me that actually would like sometimes when I just think about coffee, I start to start to get a little queasy. Like, well, just, helpful way to stop your coffee habit. Just, yeah, just puke sometimes. Just, just lace it. Like if you're ever, if I mean, I'm not saying you could stop my pizza habit, but if you like, like, accidentally laced some poo on some pizza or something, <laughs> you've thrown up from just eating regular pizza before, oh, and that hasn't stopped you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's my dairy thing rather than anything else. But it doesn't like like the idea of pizza doesn't disgust me. Like like I don't I don't know why. Maybe there's just something about what the that You'll be okay. That does. What about anchovies? No, I. I you're more accepting of anchovies than pineapple. I've been all right with anchovies <laughs> in the past, but yeah, pineapple on a pizza. I mean, pineapple on a pizza doesn't make me vom. It's just, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a poor decision. No, I wasn't saying it would. But. Anyway, <laughs> gut check for the week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking of, I guess. Hopefully not related to Rob throwing up, but at the start of this week, I wasn't feeling good either, which I'm oh, no. fairly sure, because I was trying to determine, was it the KFC that, that I ate while I was here? It was like, probably not, <laughs> but it might have been, I think it might have... I, mean, I mean, we did eat a lot at first. We well, had a lot I mean, we had if you didn't suffer from it, then it probably wasn't that. I, I, I suffered a little. <laughs> okay not as much as that, that sounds like less than what i had then yeah but why i think my one was was i think i might actually be like allergic to shrimp oh okay <laughs> for real because like previously so there was this one shrimp dish that we had occasionally and previously i just started not liking it mm. and then i started getting like I was calling it heartburn, but it, I don't think it really was heartburn. It was like mm. some kind of indigestion, but it felt vaguely like heartburn. So you still had that sort of like acid refluxy sort of feeling up your... Up yeah, your... but not like super much. Mm. And I was like, well, I guess it's something in this. And I, so we were going to blame the shrimp because obviously a shrimp is the one thing that people tend to get allergic to. Sure. I <laughs> mean, now I mean I... Gnome suspected that for... for... <laughs> pretty much her entire life until she met me and i was like and, and, and then we sort of disproved it eventually but then this time it was like just like the shrimps had been cooked entirely separately from the rest of it and i was just eating the rest of it and that still caused problems i was like oh, okay so maybe we're at the stage where it's just like now it's cross-contamination of like a spoon that mm. was used in both of them and transferred the shrimp across yeah possible so now or alternative pain because i used to get that with no, chili for a bit really and it's but like so then now I'm just like either it either I'm becoming more sensitive to shrimp or it's just one of the other ingredients in the other half of it. Yeah. <laughs> and we haven't determined what it actually is yet. Huh. So maybe I'll just stop eating any of that whole dish from now on. I mean just to be safe. <laughs> fig- figuring out food complaints is actually pretty tricky. Yeah. Because it's like there are some weeks uh, you know, I have my theories about dairy right with me, and I and I do think I've been better since I stopped having so much of it. Yeah. But and there are some weeks where we have pizza as we do, and I'm a little bit bad the next day. The sacrifices we make. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for the for the cheese I love. and uh, But then there are other times where I'm perfectly fine, like no trouble at all. And uh, I cannot, there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of correlation sometimes. And it's, hmm. it's tricky. And then it's like, what topics did you have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> getting into that I mean, I mean, we're pretty standard, aren't we? Yeah, like, usually. With our, with our pickings. Or is it like, who served you? Like, what was on their gloves? Well, I mean, yes, obviously yeah. that's the actual problem with 
with fast food, just like the KFC, you don't know what the shit's going on. <laughs> you don't know what shit's going on. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather I didn't. Anyway, what the fuck are we talking about? Twitter, Twitter uh, I guess. <laughs> what the shit's going on. <laughs> Twitter layoffs, yeah. I mean, I found that I found a tweet. I don't know if it's true, but they're saying that uh, someone on the inside is saying that the service that uh, the service for the users, which is called Gizmo Duck, is down to two engineers, and the service for the tweets called Tweety Pie is down to one engineer. So I can't wait for that to break. <laughs> hmm. Having one seems like a. <laughs> I don't know if that's fully true. You know, no. that doesn't seem sensible, but uh, you know. It doesn't sound good anyway, regardless. Well, if, they got, rid of, from... if they got rid of 1,500 people and they said that was about half the company, they've still got 1,500 people, right? I imagine there's more than one engineer that actually manages tweeting a tweet. You'd think so. But know. then how many engineers does it really take to write a tweet service? Well, how, how many engineers does it take to know. maintain it if you're not changing anything? Yeah, like the tweet service part of it, maybe that's actually quite simple, right? And it's as you said before, it's all the underlying scale and the databasing and the, yeah exactly it's all the scale of it right and the servers uh, and the devops and the blah exactly anyway that's a but then the drama way. on the service itself is good i don't know verified <laughs> checks i i never like that never made any sense to me what what is what even was that like how was that ever going to work that? i think he's I mean, it's the same sort of problem that plagues like video games, right? And Counter Strike cheats. Yes. It's, like, the, it's the idea that making people pay for something will stop trolling, and it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like, I mean, in fact, it's massively increased trolling because people are paying eight dollars to make stupid jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was the thing. Like, with, CS was one of the early examples that introduced this, right? Where they were like, even after they had gone free to play in, yeah. in CS:GO. They, you still had to pay a certain or have bought some stuff from stuff. the store, yeah. Um, uh, in order to get a mark against your account, basically to say, okay, you're you're a legit user because you've bought stuff, right? Um, for, for this yeah. account, um, and then uh, that supposedly would affect the matchmaking, and that you were more likely to get matched with other players with the checks, and less likely to get matched against unverified accounts or stuff like that in, a, in an attempt to make the games feel normal. Nonsense. I mean, you still get cheaters all over the place in these things. It's like it hasn't worked at all. It's, um... Yeah. Uh, people do it... Uh, people cheat because they find it fun. That's that's what they do. And if they pay... Yeah. Wanna, and and why, why do we... Why do we play games? To have fun. And we spend money to buy games to have fun. Like, it's no different. It's the exact same... It's true. It's the exact yeah. same path. So it actually, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. No. And I guess that's what's happening right now. People are paying Twitter to have fun with their stupid system while it lasts. Like, I saw another post that I don't, again, I don't know if it is actually legit or makes sense, but they were saying that, like, the, the idea that, like, you, they'll let people pay $8 to make a stupid joke and then get banned and then, hey, we've still got your $8. Uh, whoever thought that never heard of credit card chargebacks <laughs> oh wow <laughs> okay yeah well, it's gonna cost twitter money to do that i've always wondered like what the legitimacy of that whole process is though right like yeah if you literally bought something and you charge it back like like can, can you reject that surely you must be able to reject that as a company and just say well you bought the thing and you I, broke the terms of service it's like we don't, it's so we don't weird, have to pay yeah. that if you if some 
the way I understand chargeback, chargebacks, and I don't know how it actually makes sense, but like if someone pays for your service with a credit card and then they cancel it and they get the money back from the credit card provider, but mm-hmm. you have to pay a, a fee to them, like a, a like not the whole amount, but but you have to pay. Oh, hold on. No, you you pay the money back plus a fee, right? Right. Yeah. So you 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 pay back the eight dollars plus one dollar handling fee to the uh, to the uh, the credit card company. Yeah, so, but how do you fight because your case? It's, like, because it's yeah, like because yeah. I mean, we did run into us when I worked in with with companies that you know that managed credit cards. It's like we did run into a spate of that at one point where uh, it was in the attraction industry and like so. You know, people would go to an attraction, have their fun or whatever, and then immediately charge back it. And it's like, well, yeah. hang on, how do we? What? 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 How do we? How do we stop this? It's like, why? Why I are know. people doing this? I mean, I know why they're doing it because they're trying to get stuff for nothing. But it's like, I I wasn't involved on that team, so I don't really know exactly how they would deal with that. But that's a bit of a problem, right? It would it would happen frequently enough on the on in our tiny little company that this was a thing. Um. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it affects small companies. Imagine how it would affect. Yeah, I mean, one would have to assume that on on the use on the like user end level, it probably fucks with your credit rating a lot <laughs> if you keep trying to charge back stuff all the yeah, time. Yeah, I bet it must. It must look like flag as <laughs> suspicious after a while if you do it. Like, I guess, loads. but I mean, I suppose if you pay for Twitter Blue or whatever, and then you get banned or whatever, and for doing something that isn't like. Uh, for just making a joke, you know. Yeah, I mean, in, in that instance, you sure. Could, but you it, could say, yeah, you could say that you know you're not getting the goods that you paid for, and legitimately charge them back, right? Yeah, but then surely the counter argument is, uh, depending on the circumstance, obviously. Yeah, I guess it's like yeah. you broke the terms of service, and it's like that that I guess you so. know nullifies your ability to to fight back. Yeah, it's weird um, though, isn't it? Because it's assuming like that's the, uh, the onus is on the the, the vendor right yeah to, rather than that's the way it I mean, works. it's it's, so it's designed weird. for consumer protection right so you don't, it's, so, yeah, so if, if you legitimately yeah. don't get the service you paid for it's like you have yeah. a mechanism but, exactly and you're you're trusted by default right until until proven otherwise which is nice rather than you have it all being on you mm. um to prove it which i think is quite good but yeah anyway i just thought that was interesting i don't know if that really affects twitter but i mean that would make sense if it did like uh, <laughs> No, it depends how much money we're really talking here, or how many people actually do that, right? Like it's uh, yeah, exactly. There's a, I mean, there's a, a high probability they're jokes. just going to ride a wave of like, oh, this. Yeah, we, of we knew this stuff was going to get rough. <laughs> what absolute chaos! Anyway, I, can't I don't know how it's affecting like get gaming stuff on Twitter. I don't know. Who's been impersonated? Oh, Nintendo got impersonated right with the Mario flipping the bird. I saw that <laughs> with a with a blue t- with a blue check. Great, well, that's one of them. Mario hates kids, <laughs> apparently. Anyway, I'm sure this saga will continue, but uh, and unless Twitter is shut down by the time we talk <laughs> talk next, but I think it will probably still be there. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of talk about people trying to move to other services like Mastodon seems to come up quite a lot as a yeah as Mastodon is coming up a lot and it's like 
Yeah, they're quite a good metal band. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I like myself some Mastodon. <laughs> I, I like some Mastodon, yeah. <laughs> um, apparently they're like joining processes, like is, is a strange ritual you have to go through. Um, it's not simple. As right, just... is it decentralized, right, Mastodon? It... Uh, Ma- I think Mastodon itself isn't the decentralized part. It's like a splinter of a decentralized le- network. Like there's some underlying tech or something that there are a number of services that are built upon mm. and that's the decentralized part i'm not i'm not certain but i get I, I get the feeling that it's just a flavor of this other underlying thing that is the, and this is the one that's gaining traction mm. um, because of twitter so good for master then i guess <laughs> mm. yeah uh, and I, I and know. uh I noticed their that was it. Their Mastodon CEO is quite uh, combative or something like that. Someone tried to try to trap him in some kind of oh, so you filter out like like free speech and all that stuff. It's like like is it? <laughs> trying to get him into a Nazi trap, basically. And so uh, and he was like, "No, nah, your bullshit doesn't work on me." <laughs> it's like okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get caught in these in these troll debates. I'm gonna do it with uh, we're gonna do what we we set out to do. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah. Drama. Drama. What else is going on in the world of not because that well, was the world of tech, but well, I guess video games. More well, video gamey related, but a similar style dispute, I suppose. Let's talk about Mick Gordon. Um legendary composer of the Doom twenty sixteen and uh Doom Eternal scores. Uh, and prior to that, Killer Instinct. Yeah, actually. Yeah. And come on, the audio design in Killer Instinct is great. So fair play. Um, yeah, so it's come to light. Uh, well, not recently, actually. This has been going on for a long time. Um, so Doom Eternal had, like, it, Doom Eternal soundtrack, I said from the start, was, like, not as it didn't feel as good to me as what happened for doom 2016 doom 2016's score is fantastic and the ost on spotify is great in places um it's it, you know it's one of those things that you can't you don't really listen to as songs per se but it's a but it's a great soundtrack if you see what i mean there's some there's some songy yeah. stuff on there um and it's and it's pretty great uh yeah I, I never was super into doom eternal's soundtrack in comparison like it was fine but it didn't hit the same heights um so the story comes, and there may be good reason for that, as it turns out. So, uh, the story has been going. It started with the effect that the I'm trying to think. Of, there was a version of Doom Eternal that you could order, like a collector's edition or something like that, that was going to come with the OST as a thing, um, uh, and the OST part got delayed a huge amount. Um, and when it eventually did come out, it was kind of lambasted as being a poor quality product, um, like just mixed poorly and not sounding great and just not gelling as well as the first one did. And it's like, okay, making an OST for a game like Doom is actually quite tricky because of the dynamic music system it uses. It's um, it's not, the songs aren't, you know, the, the items of the soundtrack aren't designed as songs. They're designed as bits of song that transition between each other and things like that. It's, yeah, it's quite, stems and stuff. It's yeah. a pretty complicated process. Um, so turning that into a soundtrack is is an art in itself. Uh, and they did, did a good job of 2016 and did an awful job of Eternal. Um, so 
two years ago now, it came out that uh, in an open letter on Reddit from Marty Stratton, who's one of the managers of in id software and managers of the doom project uh basically throwing mick gordon under the bus saying that hey all of the trouble that we had with the ost and all of the trouble with the score in general it's all his fault yada 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 there's a whole lot of blurb in there bad blood yeah yeah and mick had hadn't been publicly mentioned anything on that on on that at this point um he'd stayed quiet uh at this point so recently, as in this week, he has put out a very long and detailed description how Marty's statement is nonsense and how he has tried his best to sort out a situation that was a nightmare from the beginning, um, stating that he was effectively crunching the entire time he was working on Doom Eternal um, under unrealistic guidelines with no direction from from the team, really, on what, on what he should be done. He was basically contracted to make a... I think he said about two hours of, of music for the game in total um and bits i suppose like it's it, apparently like the industry works in that you're contracted by the minutes you create uh and there you thought therefore you get paid for the minutes um and yeah because of the lack of direction he was crunching a huge amount to do things do pre-edits that he'd published he'd give stuff to the team and they were like no we're not going to use this but can you tweak it in this particular you know he wasn't getting those crib notes uh, like i suppose to be like okay we actually need it to go like this and it's partially because the game wasn't in the place where they knew what they wanted right it was um the direction wasn't quite there yet and in fairness if you play doom eternal that might be true like you probably get that feeling that they didn't nail the direction yeah. they wanted compared to 2016 um so that made it tricky uh what made that what makes it worse in the first instance is that in the end, he probably Doom Eternal actually contains over five hours of music, um, way more than he was contracted to do. And it's like, okay, so how did that happen? And it, well, it happened because they used tracks that they rejected from his submissions. Oh man! Uh, which means he's only been paid for his original contractual obligation that they approved, and then they used the rejected material anyway so he should be paid for that right they used his material yeah anyway uh so that's not right uh it's like those those uh people you know hiring engineers that get them to do like code for like a whole day and then <laughs> and then and then reject them yeah that. and then you <laughs> yeah you can't just use the code no you, you can't use the stuff <laughs> Yeah, that well, that wasn't part of the agreement, and uh, there is evidence supporting that. Yada yada yada. That's not a good look, um, especially after all the like. Oh, uh, you know, especially after the Marty statement. It's like it's not it's not right. It's like you've you've clearly done a badness here. Um, so on top of that, there, there's the, the OST debacle I started with. That was probably um, that basically was begun because. He, Mark, uh, Mick wasn't contracted to actually work on it until maybe a week or two before it was due to be released and it's like that's right. not enough time uh, and sure it wasn't the OST ended up being delayed and released at a later date um, uh, in the end Mick put together I think it was about 12 tracks he said for the OST 
Um, but when it released, unbeknownst to him, the, the OST ended up with like a full on like 40 odd tracks on it. Um, again, including rejected material, um, that he obviously hadn't put together. Um, uh, an internal audio designer had, had crudely stitched together the bits of these other songs. So it, it didn't sit right. It didn't sound right. It wasn't wasn't well put together in mix own words it's like you can very clearly hear digital clipping and audio and like hard cuts and things like that that just shouldn't be in tempo changes even that just really shouldn't be there there are bits that are overlaid that are out of tempo and out of sync um to the point where in mix own words it's like they really they actually could have used the raw wise file which is like an audio system for, for for game engines it's like they could they could have just literally like output the raw file from that and it would have sounded better um, and obviously he didn't get paid for any of that extra stuff being on the OST again that, that was clearly his work and worse than that this other guy got credited as a co-creator of all this other stuff which you know that's essentially yeah. artistry theft at that point like you're not a composer of it you've done a terrible edit job like <laughs> well i mean that was technically creating it <laughs> I, I guess but like it's not that's not right i don't i feel that's a step too far um so yeah his, so so his reputation was being besmirched by our id they they messed him around hugely his uh he's not being paid for the work he did uh a pretty bad look all in all let's hope nothing changes in about a week's time <laughs> yeah so the main the main oh, thing in a good way changes at least <laughs> and just to just to assuage assuage like the other question mark around this is like why did it take mick two years to reply and it's like in his words he was trying to do the right and professional thing by following it up behind the scenes like not making a big public deal out of it just being like okay, this is bad, this is real bad, there's lawyers involved, uh, Like I'm getting legal advice on how to deal with this and I want to get it solved. I want the Reddit post taken down. Well, there's a, there's a little sub-thread of this conversation where he actually spoke to, the, like the Reddit thread is obviously not owned by id Software. They were, um, it was a fan site where this was posted, like a, a fan-managed thing. And he actually spoke to the, man, to the owners of that thing and they got it taken down immediately. That Reddit thread disappeared. And... Um, uh, uh, and it's like, great, I thought I'd done this. And it's like almost almost immediately after that, they put it back on, presumably under pressure from from mm. Marty and yeah. Ed. Um, and have been able, uh, you know, so it's like clearly that the, the fans kind of agreed with Mick on this. Um, well, I don't know if they agreed necessarily. It was probably or at least just the like, moderator of it did. Or it's a big, you know, legal thing where it's just like you can't, just delete it for no reason. You but, know, but and then the you lawyers can, were actually involved just... in the background. So then, you, if there's any legal layer that could actually point towards the Reddit moderators for trying to delete the post, I don't know. Like, so it's just it's just a post. If the moderators don't want it there, it doesn't have to be there. Like, it's for whatever reason. Maybe. Yeah, it's just it's just a mess. I think, man, I have a lot of respect for id Software and the things they've done, like, for sure. But, and they made some real good decisions on 2016 Doom, uh, Mick Gordon mm. being, a, being one of them. Um, mm. And, I don't know, 
I'm, I'm sure it's probably entirely this one guy, this Marty Stratton fella that has well, just derailed maybe. the whole thing. It's, it sounds like that. But now the problem is, is that Zenimax or Bethesda or whatever, even under Microsoft control, they are defending their staff and not backing down from this. It sounds kind of mad. Yeah, it's disappointing, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, reputational damage has been done to someone outside the company, but reputational damage has now been done to the company, like, through all this, through this revelation. It like, has I, guess now, they were, yeah. I guess they were desperately trying to avoid it, like, so desperately trying to avoid it, but hey, they've just probably just made it a whole lot worse. I'd have a whole lot yeah. more respect for them if if the story had been two years ago that Mick was mismanaged, but we've sorted it out. This wouldn't be a story. Long, yeah, saga, basically, where it's all been drawn out. Yeah. On a more positive note, do you remember, was it a couple of years ago, there was a trailer for a game called Atomic Heart that was like a shooter, but seemed Eurodance infused and had a really sort of like left field trailer in that respect. It like felt, I think it was Game Awards or something it was announced, actually. Something like that. Anyway, Mick Gordon's on that project, as it turns out. So he's found work. Oh, okay, that's cool. Okay, <laughs> and it's like that, and that might explain its uh, somewhat unique uh, footprint. I guess I don't know if he was working on it then, but uh, that's that's reassuring. That game, that game looked nuts. Anywho, that's that story. I've gone on about it long enough. <laughs> um, I believe in you, Mick. I hope it's all true yeah. on your side anyway. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm kind of erring on the side of Mick. <laughs> Definitely. For sure. Uh, did, we, right. did we want to wrap up the Bayonetta drama? Like, what happened with that? Did we talk about how that shook out? Like, um, I think so. Yeah, I think we did cover that last oh, time. Okay, but, that's fine then. The, oh, yeah. we did, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the original... I can't even remember it. Helen something, is it? The original voice actress. Um nice person or maybe questionable mm. beliefs or maybe, whatever you believe in probably shouldn't gone about things in the way she did uh yeah. go look it up it's it's yeah yeah she hasn't done herself any favors the boycott um, is off yeah boycott is definitely off. three yeah ah, well we'll talk about that later. maybe uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh in other news, Prince of Persia remake is still on, apparently, despite really? Ubisoft delaying it and refunding everyone's pre-orders. Oh, gosh. I mean, we've known about this for a long time now. And well, not as long as some Ubisoft no, projects. No, not, as, not as long as Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, <laughs> that's clearly not in development, is it? It's clearly not in development. Um, as much as it pains me to say it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of me that's like, I don't know if I'd buy it, but because I was, I, I personally wasn't the hugest Prince of Persia guy, but that first game was was good, right? I mean, it's old now, it's old ass, but like, it was doing some unique stuff at the time. Mm. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I guess they would have to fully remake it. They did remaster it at one point, right? They put out like an HD version of that original. Oh god, I don't, I don't know. That must have been ages ago, yeah, even then, because the game is so much older than that. Yeah, it was still ages ago. So a full-on remake kind of makes sense, but like a bit of me is like, 
you can't recapture that impact unless you do something else new and it's well i mean that's not what the point of this is presumably no i guess i mean i guess they could do some fancier stuff with time well, yeah, but that's what the sequels are for. Like the first game wasn't really about time travel in, in any way. It was about it was about weird like parkour puzzles, and then you just had an undo mechanic. That was the time travel mm. aspect. What, what, oh, were they explained away dying? Was that well? And you could just rewind the last couple of seconds or whatever. Oh, I have one of those. That was the whole sense of time thing, <laughs> and the dying thing. No, that's not how it went. Yes, but it wasn't actually. You know. They didn't do anything fan really. I mean, I guess there was a couple of like traps or whatever, where it's like reverse time to avoid the death trap or whatever. But, right. but it wasn't really about that. Most of the game was the parkour puzzles. Did it? And a bit of shit combat. <laughs> <laughs> it must have predated Blinks the Time Sweeper, right? Mm, or not? Well, I don't know. It must have been close, probably. A similar sort of seminal time travel game. Early two thousand. <laughs> Any more news? Uh, honestly, I mean, there was an indie showcase from Nintendo, but the, most the, the, most of the games we've seen before are out, and uh, and I haven't watched it, so you know I can't talk about it. But there's the sad news about Kevin Conroy, the voice oh, of yes. Batman, yeah, from the Batman the animated series, and all of the. Arkham games. Man, Arkham games. Yeah. Yeah. He's real he's good. Died. Oh, he was yeah. real good. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was he? 66. That's 66. pretty young, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Cancer yeah. related. Oh, really? Oh, sad. Sad times. Yeah. He's the he's a real Batman. Along <laughs> with the Mark Hamill as the Joker. Classic combo. That was nice to see, like, because it was good in the in the animated series but it was you know that was a great show but it was for kids so it was nice mm. to see like them get to do those characters in a more <laughs> the gritty Arkham Asylum gritty way. way yeah in the Arkham games yeah I always thought we were a bit of a rare bunch thinking that Arkham Asylum was the best in the series but there seems to be a bit, of, me. a bit of a resurgence yeah. of that like a... I love that game I thought yeah was, no Arkham Asylum is great like I prefer it to that... City like that's one of the only games I got, like the S rank or whatever, like all the achievements. Oh wow! Okay, um, yeah, yeah. I went for. I don't think I got them all in the end, but but I definitely put time into just doing achievement stuff, trying yeah. to perfect that combat. And yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, Arkham City didn't really work for me. Um, um, no, I think I, for I, the open city enough just kind of dissuaded me from yeah. doing half the stuff that's in it. <laughs> I got put off by the way it was it was it, it would seem like an open city but it was really like kind of a straight line that was curved into a horseshoe shape oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it was weird um probably necessary for the unreal engine at the time but still maybe yeah um yeah um and then I never played Arkham Knight because of the performance issues at the time, but I feel like now it might be a good game to play. I mean, people are, keep putting out these comparison videos showing how much better the graphics are than Gotham Knights that just came out. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And it, yeah, it wasn't necessarily a great console experience. And yeah, I, uh, I want to say it was Iron Galaxy with the, with the team that were doing the PC port and they, ran in, they, they struggled with it, getting it into yeah. a decent state. But... You can probably brute force through that now. <laughs> I reckon so, yeah. 
anyway, but yeah, Arkham Asylum, that was a real breath of fresh air. That was a great game. Yeah, I love it. It's like, I love the fact that it was more contained, actually. That it, it was, was a Metroidvania the, game. Yeah, that it was yeah. like a a constricted environment and it did the Metroidvania thing like, oh, you can only get in here if you have this. And it's yeah. like, well, that's fine. I can I can remember where that spot is easily, easily enough because yeah. it's not a ridiculous sprawling city. Um, yeah, exactly. It's a, yeah, it's just a, just such a well-crafted, well-paced game. Um, yeah, it was really cool. And it had those like weird, um, what's the sat, uh, what's the sand guy? What's sand scarecrow? Oh, scarecrow. scarecrow. Oh, yeah, bit, those sequences. You know, where yeah. it messed with the yeah, where it went a little bit meta and game over, doesn't it? As yeah. well, like yeah, it does. Fake, yeah. fake out game over. Yeah, and it, I think it fake out crashes as well at one point. <laughs> um, yeah, it does some cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, obviously that had been done before, but yeah. still, it was still cool. Yeah, and they probably yeah. couldn't have done it again, and they didn't really. So no. Yeah. Right, that's the news then. I think hmm. um, it's time for what have you been playing? Um, Rob, what have you been playing? Uh, there's a Splatfest on at the moment. Splatfest. I figured since I saw you playing it Some this play. morning, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> I wonder why. I'm, I'm playing. I'm back. I'm I wonder back if it's just normal amounts of Splatoon or if it's specifically weekend Splatoon. Yeah. Well, I've taken some time away for it for for a bit, and I've got, I've come back into it for for the Splatfest. <laughs> yes, you've got another game that you need to play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and maybe a third one, except I guess not. Not yet. Not yet. Um, well, I uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, it's still behaving like it was before. Is the problem? Like they've done some updates since the last Splatfest that were supposedly aimed at making the connections a bit more stable, that making matchmaking faster. I've noticed they've added if like if you start matchmaking, you then have a few like a a few seconds to cancel out now, which is new. <laughs> like they've added the ability to stop matchmaking, but they limit you. Like you really have to do it like within the first ten seconds or something like that. Otherwise, the button, the option disappears and you're locked in. But hey, it's something, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. My my experience with it today during Splatfest has been pretty ropey. Like I've had some of the weirdest, laggiest games I've ever played on it. Um, uh, <laughs> especially with the reef slider. So the reef slider is one of the specials where someone basically jumps on the back of. I get is it a dolphin or a shark? I'm not quite sure. But anyway, something like that slides along the ground and then does. Um, a sort of AOE attack that's insta-kill, a little bit like how Splashdown was, but there's a build-up to it, like it drifts across the floor and then activates. Uh, so it's supposed to be quite a quick thing, like get on, kind of thing. I've seen it where it's just gone wrong, and there's just been a dude like in the middle of the battlefield just riding this dolphin thing incredibly slowly across the floor, and it's like he's, that's clearly him lagging out, I guess, in the thing, but it just looks so weird and so hilarious in the middle of a fight where it's just like, it's just a guy riding a dolphin. <laughs> just hanging out um but no I've, I've had so many little little problems like uh i had a the most frustrating one today was like i was in a game against someone using the jet squelcher which is a pretty low power but quite high accuracy low at long range uh rapid fire gun uh, mm. and it was killing me in one bullet like and it's not supposed to do that it's supposed to be pretty you're supposed to hit them quite a few times in order to land a thing and it was consistently killing me in one hit and it's like that's not right um and there's been plenty of moments where i've seen 
me killer guy only for that to actually undo like so it was like the client side was like oh yeah you murdered that guy and then uh, like a second or two later it correct and go no actually he got you and it's like wait what what just happened and it's like it's the worst i've ever seen splatoon honestly like since since splatoon one this is the worst i've seen it behave um so i i don't know what's going on maybe my internet is real garbage or i've got some buffer bloat issues going on um making my ping all weirdly jittery but yeah i wasn't having the best time with it um which is a shame um salmon run's still fine though <laughs> played a bit of that uh, oh good still 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 checking in with that every now and then and that's fine I mean, that shouldn't be any different in terms no of it, it really shouldn't that's the thing but it's like that seems to always behave itself i mean sometimes you feel a little lag but it's never atrocious and i never have those like connection issues mid-match hmm. give salmon run some love <laughs> anywho i mean uh, tomorrow is when they start doing those triple fights so assuming they, uh, they exist <laughs> yeah hopefully i can get into a few this time what, what does that what's that so those are the freeway fights where two right. teams of two fight against a team of four in a sort of pincer formation um, oh okay. Uh, they're the new thing in Splatoon three, like the new, basically the new mode um, for Splatfests, and uh, uh, yeah, that so far I've not been able to get into many of those fights. They, I, 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 I do think they work, and I do think they're a, a minor but interesting enough twist on the formula. But as I said, I've just not really been able to get into those games um, in the last Splatfest. They just don't come up for some reason. Mm. Um. So here's hoping they do more of it this time around. Ugh, and I've been subject to so many lemons. Or like, just hey, do you remember the was it the old giant bomb thing where when they I remember when Splatoon one came out and people were playing it like a deathmatch game. It's like people still do that. It's like people just kill the other team and it's like put paint on the ground, m- morons. Right, it's the idea of the game. Put ink <laughs> yeah. on the ground. It's the key. It's the main. It's the, it's the reason we're doing this. Ugh. I shouldn't be. To- I shouldn't be top can... of the leaderboard. That's what I'm saying. Like, if ever I'm the top of the leaderboard, something's gone wrong. <laughs> right, right. I'm not that good. Mm. Right. Anyway, Splatoon. Splatoon. Yeah, it exists. Uh, <laughs> so, so the reason why I've sort of not been playing Splatoon is because Bayonetta three came out. As we alluded to earlier, and I've been Which playing, been, uh, I've been playing that to. pretty. Yeah, I was really looking forward to it. Bayonetta two is up there in my pantheon yeah. of games. It's um, especially Bayonetta two. Bayonetta one's pretty great, but Bayonetta two is like is is Refines near perfection the in the uh, yeah. in character action. I'm going to say some words that I don't think I ever thought I'd say. I don't know that I like Bayonetta three, right? And yeah. It really hurts. Like, I don't know that I'm having a good time playing it. Um, I want to like it a lot, but there's in almost every aspect I can think of, it feels like a downgrade. Um, Right. Because they've made some significant changes to the core combat, haven't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's tackle that first. So the main, the main combat, the the basis, the basic of the combo, the basics of the combo system are the same. Um, You can still, 
rattle off a string of commands uh, with your weapon of choice and they will act out in the way that they did before and you can pretty much dodge out of those at any time. And it's pretty cool. generous with the dodge. I think less generous this time round. Um, or maybe that... I'm, I'm not sure if it's less generous or if it's because enemy attacks are just harder to read. More on that later. Um, but I'm not finding myself able to do the dodges quite as quite as reliably as I once did. Uh, I could just be getting rusty. You know, that's a possibility too. I'm not ruling that out. Um, so that's that core stuff is the same. The main addition here is the ability to summon a massive demon at pretty much any time. Like, unless you're in a mm. confined environment, which is rare, uh, you can, on a pull of ZL on the Switch controller, you can uh, summon a, a like, I want to say like five or six or maybe even more story tie demon to come and fight with you. Um, and whilst you've got that summoned, you, Bayonetta herself can't move. Um, so you're in a vulnerable state and the, uh, and you're sort of inputting commands for the demon instead. So it creates the theoretically interesting idea that you can be controlling this thing around whilst also needing to be cognizant of your own position to avoid enemy attacks. Um, the problem is, is that I think that's the focus of the enemy design in this. And thus the enemies have got also got bigger which generally gives the camera a huge problem to deal with. Like, it's got to pan up a lot for you to be able to see what's going on with your demons or the large-scale enemies. And as a result of that, you can't really see what's going on with you whilst you're doing that. So that doesn't really work in my head. Like, it, I find that extre extremely difficult to, to manage. Um, and also because the enemies have got bigger, look, like... The camera work is just awkward at all times. So you're, you're, a lot of the time you're just wailing on something's ankles because you can't see upwards because it's so big. Oh, and no. because the things okay. are so big, it makes seeing the attacks coming harder. Now, there is a green flash when they're about to initiate some attacks, and uh, that's accompanied with a little bit of an audio ping going on in the background to say, hey, something's coming. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's when you should dodge. The attack That just means an attack is starting and the timing of the attacks is it varies between enemies. So unless you can see what's coming, you can't really reliably dodge it um, by that warning alone. Um, so that is problematic. Uh, I find it far too easy to get wedged in a situation where the camera is just tarding out somewhere and I can't see what's going on. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm constantly getting hit by here and I'm just trying to dodge my way out so I can see what's going on. And it does, and it's not happy. Also, it has a tendency to just swing around randomly every now and then, and be like, "Like this is the this is the enemy you should be focusing on." Uh, and it's like, why? Why can't? Hang on. Why, yeah. why couldn't you have just stayed where you were? Yeah. 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 Um, like it does have a lock on system, so you can you can right click the stick to look, to focus the camera on a specific enemy, and then a little bit like Hyrule Warriors system. Actually, it's pretty similar to that. Um, yeah. Uh, and so you could you could you can you can do that. But on its, I always forget to use that. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of am here because I don't really use it in. I don't. I don't think I ever really used it in the previous Bayonetta games. I think I didn't. I don't no. think, think I focused my efforts like that. I would be like, "This enemy's a threat to me at this moment in time. I'm going to just land a few hits on it, maybe hit stun it a little, and then move on to something else and go do something else." Uh, so I, 
yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, the camera is a huge problem. The camera is a huge pain in the ass at all times. Not even in the combat. Like even if you're out of combat, there is, uh, which I think is, I think out of combat is also a step where they've gone backwards a bit because there is so much downtime in this now. Like you're not moving into a room and there's a fight, and then you go to another place and there's a fight. And don't get me wrong, exploration has been a bit of a thing in Bayonetta in the past. There's lots of hidden stuff in their environments all tucked away in little spots and stuff. But you spend a lot of time just walking through these environments and wandering around these big empty spaces trying to find the collectibles and not getting into the combat. Um, and that balance feels off. It feels really off. Like if you're trying to actually find the stuff, uh, it's it's in the wrong direction. Uh, sorry, and back to the camera issue, as I was saying. Like, so that's one of the things they do in these exploration bits. One of the most annoying bits in these exploration bits is the fact that there's like there's some basic platforming going on in spots where it's like, I need to land this jump here. I need to traverse this thing. Are they like the red coin challenges in Mario where you have a limited amount of time to like pick up all the red coins or something like that? And it's there are traversal challenges like that. Uh, and because the camera has a tendency to look up, like it's really hard to tell where your feet are half the time. <laughs> Even though mm. the, the like the game actually puts a really nice glowy like drop shadow where you where you're when you're about over the ground to be like this is where you're going. This is where you are. This is where you're going to land. You can't see that half the time because the camera's pointing the wrong bloody way. And it's like you can nudge it down a bit with right stick, but it doesn't stay there. It always wants to point up. So those pretty much all the out of combat stuff kind of feels awkward as well. I don't know, man. Like it's just Mm. the core elements of this game just aren't coming like just gameplay wise. They're just not coming together for me. Um, Mm. And it's, and it's a shame. It really is like, and, and it's further like exacerbated by, and this is this isn't new. This is a thing Bayonetta always done. Its pace of uh, escalation, I suppose, in fights is fast. Like right. it's like it's every so it goes from a few enemies to like overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. well, or more not necessarily few en- like volume of enemies. It's like the it introduces it introduces new enemies at a at a rapid pace. Like every every few fights or so, you're getting a new enemy, and you're getting a new like here's the here's the introduction of this enemy scroll right, appearing right. on screen. They still do all of that, um, but there's so there's there's loads of enemy types, which is you, you would think is pretty great, but like actually, it just means you don't really get a huge amount of time to adjust to anything. You're always being thrown into something new, and that means I don't feel like I'm getting good. I don't have a chance to get good, to get a feel for what I'm actually supposed to be doing. Mm. I'm about halfway through the game, I should point out at this point. Um, How long is that? Uh, so there's 14 core levels, uh, and I'm a, I want to say I'm seven in at this point, six, seven or eight maybe, and uh, mm. it's taken me about an hour to do each one of those, and there's some side stuff along the way. Um, So it's not a small game. It's reasonable. It's probably yeah, in theory, yeah, yeah. in theory, about the right length. But I reckon I'm spending the vast majority of that time just walking around the environments, um, mm. which leads me to the next point: art direction. Definitely not as strong as it's been in the past. Right. Yeah. But again, the core elements are there. The way which time looks fine. The character designs great. 
um, brought, brought over from the previous game. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, well, yeah. Bayonet three, you know, it's, it's got a Bayo three skin on her. You know, she looks. Yeah, of course. And the the alternate Bayonettas and any returning characters, they will have a slight new flair to them, and it's all that stuff's great. <coughs> Talking too much and too fast again, getting getting that throat spasm going <laughs> on. Uh, the I don't think the new enemies are particularly interesting compared to the angels and demons you fought before. Those were at least kind of weird and creepy with their like angelic faces, like ceramic faces just put on at strange angles and looking real odd. And But man, they looked cool. Everything now is like, because the new enemies are effectively human-created bioweapons. Not a spoiler, you learn that pretty early. Um, and thus, they all t- mostly take a humanoid form uh, and are kind of just grey with a bit of weird turquoise on them they're all kind of made out of this turquoise goop and it's they're just not as in, they're just not as interesting to look at and don't seem as varied to look at and, and not as distinctive to pick out in a fight either um which is a problem uh but that's i think that's the least of the troubles the biggest problem is the environment design and how they look because they look drab as hell like they're just they're just not oh. very well made. Like the, the the opening areas of the game, in particular, are super grey and super boring, and the texture detail in places is awful. Like not even this gen, maybe maybe previous, like three sixty or earlier era texture detail. It's it's rough in spots. Compounded by the fact that the performance is not great. Oh no! On like, top, I mean, I mean there's been a lot of talk about to... this. This is the famous bit. Like, Bay Bay Three does not run at sixty locked like previous entries did. Um, did Bay O Two Bayonetta Two run? Bay O Two well locked sixty during combat on Switch. Um, right, that's what you want. The only the only time Bayo has intentionally dropped frames was down to thirty for cutscenes, and all of them yeah, have done yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, fine. Yeah. <coughs> um, yeah, here it doesn't even maintain that. Like, like even during cutscenes, it struggles, um, which is fine. I can I can accept that. Like during cutscenes, it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, yeah, during gameplay, or even just even when you're not in combat and you're just standing around and look at the environment, it is not maintaining sixty. It is struggling, um, and it's just you feel it at all times. It is not as slick as the previous games. Um, yeah, that's and that that's, really sucks. On top of yeah. like, the combat changes and the camera I mean, issues. I mean, yeah. it doesn't. It yeah, it doesn't look as good. Doesn't play as good. Doesn't perform as good. <laughs> hey, the voice acting's fine. <laughs> just going to point oh, that I'm out. Sure. Just yeah, going yeah. to point. Just going to point out. It's fine. Um, uh, yeah, it's. I'm being super negative on it, and I am. It's still yeah. A good, but you were really hyped for it. I yeah, mean, it, it's it's, it's still I mean, in theory good reason. <laughs> to be excited yeah like i I think my disappointing is disappointment might be clouding my feelings towards it slightly because Mm. bayo 2 is such a great game and and bayo 3 it just isn't hitting the marks in the way that i wanted it to i wanted it to be a a bayo 1 or yeah bayo Mm. 1 level at least and i don't think it's that i don't think it's there no i don't it's and it's uh and that, so that, the, that disappointment is probably clouding me from seeing what is good about the game, and um, I'm I'm struggling with that. Honestly, I'm struggling to yeah. see what is what is 
the good side. I mean, okay, the spectacle is there. Some of the stuff that happens is mental, and I'm all and I'm down for that. Um, the ideas that it has are plentiful, and the way that they switch between them sometimes is unexpected and wild. And whilst like also like like startlingly great at first, you then realize, okay, I actually don't know what I'm doing, uh, <laughs> which is a problem in itself. It's like I don't know. Early on in the game, you, there's a cutscene where you you take control of Bayonetta Beta Two, one of the other multiverse versions of Bayonetta, and her spider companion, um, uh, demon, I suppose, and uh, it forces you to use her ability to outrun. Uh, incoming an incoming wave of doom across a destroyed version of Tokyo, and but I didn't know that's what was happening. I was like, I didn't know that there was a wave of doom approaching me. Uh, it was just like, here you go, go chase this thing, and I'm like, all right, I, I I guess I'm in control of this thing I've never used before. <laughs> let's go. That's in, in an environment I'm not familiar with. Let's let with slightly awkward controls I've never used before. Uh, let's 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 go. I guess it does it does a kind of a poor job of like. Uh, introducing you how to actually control these things and how to actually do well uh, and sometimes i think these like standout sequences just aren't particularly well designed They're like but there's a lot of them so i guess there's going to be some hits and some misses on that front um yeah of course i haven't minded the, the actual full-on kaiju fights though those have been cool um <laughs> Like not the demon yeah. combat. There's like there's actually like straight up at the end of, at the end of the main yeah. chapters. There's like a kaiju fight, and those are pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, simple, but you but saw cool. that in the trailers. But yeah, yeah. Cool. But then on top of all of this, the the story stuff is <laughs> total bullshit, right? Isn't it? Uh, I know it was always so, crazy, but yeah. Spoilers, I suppose, because I haven't actually got to the end of the game, but I kind of already no. know what's happened because of the discourse around it. I, I didn't seek this out. It just happened upon me. Uh, so one of the... <laughs> it was originally a fanship, shall we say, between Bayonetta and uh, con and returning character Jean, that those two were a couple. Um, uh like main story, this I mean, main story is kind of meh you know, in itself. But this is kind of the big. This is kind of the thing that's annoyed a lot, annoyed the fan base. Like those two were sort of shipped as got, and then, and then they kind of the, the the designers and stuff actually got on board with this and made art to kind of like also be like, yeah, this is this is art we've done for the game and stuff like that. So you know, yeah, this is a thing. Yeah, without spoiling it too much or saying exactly what happens, it's totally not a thing. So uh, mm. and they've got into a. There is a, a very obvious, obvious like I, I, I guess they're intending it as a twist, but it is it's not a twist. You can tell it's happening immediately. Um, right? Yeah, yeah. That that um, yeah, totally and utterly throws all of that away, which has obviously got the uh, not just the fan base annoyed, but the you know the particularly vocal parts of the LGBTQ society. You know, um, society oh, but you know what Bobby. i mean that yeah, side of it are annoyed obviously because it's like why did you change this like it was fine right um yeah and you know the, the story has promise don't get me wrong but it's like it just falls into a routine of not really it falls into a pattern and then doesn't really mm. do anything with it um see i do like the little I might have the uh, slightly controversial opinion. I don't think many people agree with me on this, but I do like the little asides every there where you get to play a 
a mini stealthy sort of mission with Jean, like as a 2D platformer. Those are kind of, kind of nice little asides. Mm. It's weird that they just, and they kind of have a sort of like old school, like half, I would say somewhere between the intro for Cowboy Bebop and like Spy Thriller's style intro to, oh, right. to them as well, that are kind of rad. Um, <laughs> I think there's I think there is stuff to like here, but as I said, I I'm I'm just a little overwhelmed by my dispo- disappointment at the moment and I need to I bet I'll have a better time through it if I go do it a second time and I'm not doing exploration and I'm not and I'm more comfortable with the combat, but uh, yeah, it's I, I think I want to go play but it's making me want to play Bayonetta 2. Like every time that's I, the thing. Every yeah. time I play a sequel that disappoints, I want to go back and play the last game, and, course, it, and it's yeah. and it's really doing that for me right now. I want to get the Wii you, U out of the attic and play my <laughs> play Bayo two again. Oh right, because you need to. But it is out on Switch. Right? It is available on Switch. Buy, yeah, like uh, yeah, you don't want to have to rebuy the the rebuy the but, the yeah, second it, game just because you disappointed in the third game. That sucks. Yeah, that's Bayo three. I think that's I think that's all there is to say on that. Yeah. Okay. Bit of a bummer. I mean, um, yeah, we've been hearing about that coming for a long time. <laughs> Getting hype. I mean, it's reviewing well enough for the fantasy league, so that's good, I guess. Oh right. I mean, <laughs> it was not yeah. reviewing as well for the fantasy league, which is helpful. Helpful for me. <laughs> Sonic Frontiers. Yeah. I've dodged that moment quite successfully, it seems. See, I'm my experiences with Bayo three, and then reading the, listening to the reviews for Sonic Frontiers. Review scores are messed up sometimes, right? Because everyone, yeah. like Sonic Frontiers, for as far as I can tell, like other than late game tedium and that it doesn't necessarily change over its wrong time, all the comments I'm hearing about Frontiers are, hey, Sonic's going in the right direction. Like this actually might be the best thing they've put out for a long time. Well, I think the like, thing is, I think it, the way to say it is that like it's a seven out of ten game if it if you're reviewing it as a video game, and it's an eight or a nine if you're reviewing it as a Sonic game. <laughs> as a Sonic game, yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah, because like again, the sentiment I I've seen on Twitter, so maybe these are unverified yeah. accounts. Oh dear, <laughs> um, but people seem to like this thing, and I'm surprised it's not reviewing stronger. Um, that's all I've got to say. Anyway. I haven't played it, so I mean, who knows? It could, but you know, I'm not the yes, best. We are the arbiters of whether Sonic is good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we can decide. I mean, the You'll thing I'm saying on the re- on the review thread on Reddit is a guy's like, I'm hearing it's the best 3D Sonic in a long time, and I'm also hearing it's an absolutely horrible game. <laughs> so you cut you it like it's completely divided. Yeah, I, and I to be honest, I haven't necessarily seen that alternate viewpoint though. I haven't seen people coming out of it going like this is this is a pain in the ass. Don't get me wrong; I understand there are flaws with it, and I th- I, I think the, the the ones the reviews pick up on sound valid. Like, there's not enough of those, uh, what the cyberspace levels or whatever. There's not enough. <laughs> there's not enough of the good side. But there's, not enough, there's not enough yeah. themes. I mean, for <laughs> totally them, right. like they have a very right, few yeah. few set of environments that they, they and, and they're also retreading old ground with those environments. And it's like you mean they didn't manage to port all of Sonic Generations? Into no, it. <laughs> <laughs> only <laughs> some of it. Yeah, there's actually surprisingly few of those. Like environments not not so many yeah and it's like that's a, that's a little bit of a letdown um they could have done more stuff with that stuff but they you know they liked the fact these are only like minute long challenge runs rather than full-on levels and that means they could make more of them i guess it's like i feel like the positives should outweigh the negatives on it and it's uh yeah 
anyway, that's outside looking in. We'll play it eventually. Probably. I mean, it's a Sonic game. I'm going to play it eventually. Yep. <laughs> Uh, what else have we been doing? Uh, Segway time, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Deep Rock Galactic Season 3. Well, before that, let's actually just finish off the the, uh, the classic Segway. We finally, finally, for real, actually finished all of the content in Age of Calamity. Yeah, we got to the end of Age of Calamity. We've done everything. In 160 wow. hours. 160 hours, yeah. Nice one. Um, there is and much, like there's... a year and a half <laughs> Well, was it a whole year? Has it been a whole year? I think it has been, yeah. Yeah, I think we must have done before last October. Yeah. Yeah, because we t- I remember us talking about it in our not game of the year last year, being like, like if this had come out this year, this yeah. would be pretty high. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. so we, 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 yeah, we cleared off every check. But no, we were a bit surprised when nothing more appeared. You know, it's one of those games that just seems to keep... There was no real fanfare for us finishing everything, right? Well, I mean, the, you know, there was the, the one big, like, ending cutscene mm. where, it, like, it shows everyone doing things. It's just like, that just happens at, at think, a certain point. D- yeah, I can't remember when that was. Was it Was it for us? Oh, it was for us completing all the memory missions. Yeah. The, like, getting all of the sub... The, the side tasks on the memory missions done. Yes, which you can obviously do before you've cleared up all the other bullcrap on the map. Yeah. Because uh, it doesn't stop you from doing anything in any order. And and we unlock the final character after that. Yep. Because it's, it's, it's linked to finishing it's all the memories. Linked, yeah, it's linked. Uh, well, it not linked? all of them. No, one specific one. One specific one. And that get, we just hadn't done until quite late. Yeah. Because it was difficult. It was a slightly tricky requirement, yeah. Um. Actually, it wasn't even difficult. It was just like... It was unknown. It didn't tell you what it was. Yeah, right? well, I mean, they're all unknown, but it yeah. also didn't... Well, all those harder ones are, but it didn't It didn't make sense, I no, guess. it didn't. Because it, it... Well, it didn't make sense in the context of the mechanics of the rest of the game, because it's like the gate has closed, and then you think, okay, then we're just... We, you just leave. But then if you, if you come all the way back to that closed gate, this is the one time where that gate just opens again. It just opens itself, yeah. Without For no do. reason. And if you get, but if you do, if you progress too far, then you can't go back and do that. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's an awkward timey wimey thing that's not so not so clear. There aren't many, so there aren't really any. I can't really remember any cases where that's a thing. Well, no, because every other time a gate opens, it's triggered by you know you doing a player something. action, yeah, <laughs> not just being in the vicinity. Yeah, and you have to yeah stay there for long enough without doing the next bit, and then it just sort of happens. It's not even just staying there. It's you have to go actually back to that gate. Yeah. Or close enough to it for the thing to trigger. Yeah, it's weird. It was weird. <laughs> but yes, we finished with that, which yeah. means we've now started the previous game. We have, yeah, we've started playing Definitive Edition. Uh, hmm. uh, it's a quite quite a different beast, isn't it? Uh, In some ways, yeah. So it's obviously not, not got all the... Uh, uh, Breath of the Wild, like, trappings, obviously. And it's, um, you know, clearly not restricting its, itself in any way. It's like, you know, Age of Clarity exists in the Breath of the Wild world, and that's it. Whereas in this, it's just like, we're just random Zelda bullshit that's happening. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even really explain itself. No. It, it's trying to say there's some, like, multiversal thick gubbins well, I, or something. we kind of haven't got to that yet, I yeah. guess. Or at least, I assume it's going to explain itself a bit somewhat. I mean it might not because <laughs> we haven't done, we haven't I guess we haven't yet done a mission where 
We're still in the prologue. A, yeah, we haven't yet done a mission where what you would say is a non-canonical to this world the Zelda character has shown up yet. Yeah. It's just been Link, Zelda, Sheik, and Impa, yep. and a fairy. And it's like, and a, and a well, they're, they're all, they're, they can all canonically exist in this Zelda world. And a weird wizardy dude. And, well, I mean, I and a guy a dressed weird. like a monster hunter. Yes, also a bit weird. That was very unexplained. Yeah. The wizardy dude, that's fine. That's just like a Zelda enemy. <laughs> but yeah. like the dragon riding guy, that's a, mm. <laughs> that's kind of weird. But it 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 play it despite it being a similar game in theory, like it play it does feel very different. Like, I was trying to work out what it was, because originally I said it felt more squishy, but it I don't does- know that squishy and mushy is the right phrase. Well no, it, it's-, it's because it's because it's a lot like animation wise it's a lot faster yeah which gives you less time to actually realize what's happening and therefore it gives you even less sort of opportunity to perceive the button inputs as part of a combo i guess that's why it feels that's why i said squishy that's it's like it's not but it's like that's the coming from the other game that's what it feels like because you're like you're not you're not having it as long to actually figure out what the fuck is even happening. In a, in a weird way, it feels a bit more... Yeah, I think the action is much faster, I would say. And that's not just because the performance is a lot better. Well, because there is that. Because the visuals are a whole lot simpler. Yeah. Um, uh, it's... Yeah, I think, it, I think in, in some ways those combos are just simpler, right? Well, like, yeah. They're, like, they're, they're, not, they're not as flashy. Limited. They're not as... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is a different feeling thing. But yeah, you get into a fight with like a... A, a semi-boss, I suppose, like the Moblins are in um, Age of Calamity, and it's like no, it's no real big deal, I suppose. You just sort of just sort of wail on them for a bit, kind of. Well, I mean, they have I, got a not, they have got similar mechanics. They still like the armor break, yeah, armor and, break. Uh, I mean, uh, the, and, the, and the finisher, the which I, felt automatic this time. Like it just sort of did it if you broke the armor. Yeah, I guess. Like it just happens as part of your combo, like replacing mm. a part of it or something. But I'm wondering whether like. What they're going to are, are these combos going to get extended at all? Uh, yeah, we don't know how the, how the progression works. The other thing point. is that, like, the other thing that we haven't, we've only just got the ability to see, I guess, is that like characters can have different weapons that are actually completely different com- combo strings, yeah. like how Link does in Calamity, but and like for everyone does, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I mean, they're actually, I believe, meant to be more different in this game, right? Well, it seems like like like, like maybe like we haven't found them yet on the because tr- we get we've seen some of the progression trees, right? And I didn't spot anything on those trees that were like extend the combos, but like no, the combo strings look too simple at this yeah, point, like it's like, like free, and they're and they're displayed in the same way that it does in Age of Calamity, which makes me think that well, there's room for stuff to attach onto this, yeah, um, and and get bigger. So that's exciting, you know. More, more, more random stuff to to unlock, maybe. Um, but it also seems like it could have potential to be quite grindy. I mean, getting the it's, drops it's, to unlock all the, to unlock all these little mini upgrade parts yeah, yeah. for every character. It's, I mean, it's well known to be a well, bit I mean, of a grindy game. Yeah, but that I think it's well known for being grindy, as in just having a million missions, not yeah, sure. necessarily that you have to grind for items. Yeah, if you're doing the. Uh, was it that that the, the old school Zelda map mode or whatever where you it uses like Zelda one map pieces to build a progression and there's like a billion and one of those different uh, progressions or something to do. 
we haven't played that much of it. So no, no, no. We've literally only played the first two missions. Um, the only thing that uh, is slightly different this time around is I I'm, I'm not convinced it's dealing with co-op as well. Well, as, no, it's clearly not, because it, 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 it start co-op on the start of each mission. Yeah. It doesn't really maintain, which makes it feel like it probably is a bit of a side feature yeah and you are often a different place on the first mission and like so it changed well, I mean, that's the not necessarily bad. no but it changed the mechanic of how the two characters are supposed to meet essentially and like you don't really have to now because they're not really and also it doesn't matter who you pick like it doesn't care like, well yeah that's true anymore um or, or there seem to be fewer restrictions about who you bring into it and how it handles that doesn't seem as good to the point where it's like i'm a little bit tempted to play the missions again solo to be like to see if we do them in co-op, we'll see them one way, but then there might be a little bit of is like, maybe I should do that solo to see how it's supposed to play out. Mm. It's got that sort of like, there's enough of a difference there that's like, I feel like there may be something more to playing it solo. Um, it just in terms of that, like, clearly we're going to do the whole thing co-op, but like... Not the whole thing, probably, though. <laughs> we're going to do some large percentage of it. Yeah, yeah. En- enough of it. Oh, you don't automatically pick up items. That is a thing. There's chests in the middle of the level that, that I, like have I, a sequence to them. I, and mechanically, it feels like more like a, this is probably what our Dynasty Warriors game is more supposed to be like. Right? Capturing points. Capturing points means right. more now. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, like because the, they are enemy spawners, and it's like if and the enemies can actually capture things back. <laughs> yeah, which I'm not sure we ever really saw outside of story sequences. Well, they probably could do at some points yeah. in the game, but like it wasn't really a problem. No. <laughs> In Age of Clarity. I think by far the most, the thing that's already I'm finding extremely annoying is the or not auto-picking things up because not only do you not auto-pick things up, but like the items don't immediately come out of the corpse the moment you kill them. You have to wait for their whole death sequence and then the items pop out. <laughs> right. So if you've already ran away by that point, you're having to like loop back around just to make sure you pick up the loot, which yeah, you then need to do the unlocks or whatever. Yeah, mop, mop up some, some stragglers and then... Unless that's an upgrade at some point. Like, oh, like uh, item maybe. Magnet. Yeah, maybe. But then, like, I can see the argument for, like, you perhaps you don't want it to magnetize some stuff. Like, you don't need, want it to pick up, like, the, the, there are things that just boost your special bar and stuff now. Mid, like, maybe you don't want to pick those up if you've got full special. I don't know. Well, but, I mean, if it's an intelligent one, it won't pick them up. If you've got uh, maybe. I don't know. I think it just lets you now, like, if you, if you run over them. Sure. Rather than bouncing off you. Anywho, we've got that to discover. I'm excited. And then Dirk Season 3, which we haven't played that much of, as always. I feel like we've almost played enough of it to see all the content. Well, I mean, that is the problem with this season, I I think, is that, like, it may not be super interesting. No. Hmm. And the new What's mechanics game? is kind of They're kind of tedious, pretty quickly. Yeah. That, like, so they're a plaguey... If you're playing a play... Was it? Play, uh, what's it even called? Playful. No, there's the, something lithophage. There you go. It's called lithophage missions infestation or something. Yeah, they're tagged, aren't they? Like the, the missions will well, have, the, a, have a thing. So on, what so. the actual problem with this is, like, so the lithophage missions creates this like you know toxic area that you have to clean up with special equipment, and then that's like you know that's a thing you have to do in the mission, which would be fine, except that it's classed as like a second primary mission. Yeah, you've got so to if do you're it. in the lithophage, if you're in a emission that's classed as a lithophage warning which is normally where like mutators go essentially but it's not like a mutator it's like a full another primary objective stacked on top of your regular primary objective Mm -hmm. 
and therefore you can't not do it if you're in a lithophage mission. You have to do it because otherwise it won't let you end the mission. <laughs> and then you also still have your secondary mission. So it just makes the missions extra long, really which long. is actually kind of the real problem. Because yeah. <laughs> missions in Deep Rock Clouds are already long. Yeah, they can be pretty long, pretty chunky. And yeah, we've definitely had some that have really gone on far too long whereas having to deal with that or try and figure out ways of getting to the plague and then well, also yeah. dealing with the the, the the mission especially in like larger more complex caves than it's yes also there's just the mechanic is quite i don't know a little bit tedious right one player has to foam them up and then you have to vacuum the foam back up and that brings all brings the plague with it into your machine and it's like I mean, Luigi's mentioning it, so it could be interesting, but like, like it's, it's not really. Yeah, there's nothing to it. Yeah, <laughs> you just quickly spray it over all the yellow stuff, and then someone vacuums it up. I mean, equally nothing are the meteor events that happen in non-lethophage missions, where there's just a, like an explosion that just happens. And I mean, then is, and then there's some stuff to recover from it. It is sort of interesting that it can spawn into the mission and therefore affect the train of that mission sure. directly. Which isn't a terrible idea. Having stuff manipulate the world mid-mission is kind of interesting. Yeah. But the event. Isn't I'm, not, I'm not sure this isn't that great an implementation of that idea, but... Well, I mean, the other problem with both of these things is that, like, it maybe needs a bit of patching to, like, adjust its spawning mechanisms. Because, like, the lithophage as in large caves where it spawns miles off on a little ledge on the wall, that's just really annoying to deal with. Yeah. Because you have to somehow get up there. And also because obviously if you start you start if you stand on the goop, you start dying. And therefore you want somewhere to you can stand that's safe. So you don't just have to get up there. You also have to like need a recovery spot. Yeah. Have a place to go. And then with the meteor, even in the first one that we saw, it landed on basically a spike. In the ceiling, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was miles off on the, like, it, I, like, it wasn't even terrain. It was like one of those weird spiral things right. that it landed on top of. But fortunately, there was sort of a ledge up the side of the room that we could then bridge across from. But it was really inconvenient and clearly shouldn't have spawned like that. It should have you know gone down to the level bit of ground where the spiral thing stopped fortunately those are optional but yes but you want to do them because they add because they're your... how you unlock the script progression tree on the yeah. on the actual season pass season pass progression is there which is also dumb because another problem which is that since the meteors don't spawn in the lithophage missions if you're doing a lithophage mission you can't progress the script tree right yeah it doesn't help you with that no so the new content is actually almost incentivizing you not to not do to that. Do it, yeah. <laughs> I'm tempted to think about avoiding those now. Yeah. Than making them more interesting. And also in my case... I don't mind the new monsters, though. Like, the, the, the more specific well, weak spot. The, I mean, the, the two I mean, new monsters. Yeah, there's not a lot. Well, there's the little worm dudes and the... Oh, okay, free. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind those, but they're like... You know, the fact that you have to hit the weak spots is 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 fine. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's like clearly, unless you're forced to play a lithophage warning, there's not really much reason to do them. No, you just play regular missions and hope you get the meteors for the unlocking the script tree, the and that's stuff. all you really care about. They have, they have happened every time in the ones we've played so far. Like, yeah, I've been trying to see like if I can. Well, from what I've played and from any like people talking about it see if i can figure out what's actually going on because a lot of people have also been complaining about those because it appears that the meteor spawn is just literally time-based 
like how you just spend time in the mission and then there's a chance that it can spawn. And apparently the, it can even spawn more than once per mission. Oh, really? Supposedly. I've never seen that happen. Huh. But then the problem that people have been having, which I, which a lot of people have been saying might just be a speedrunner problem, is that like the meteor can spawn after you've called the drop pod. Oh, that's annoying. That could be fun in a weird way. It could be fun or it could just suck because you just don't have the time well, you're to not, do You're it. not going to be able to do it, but like the fact that a meteor spawns and could, if it spawned somewhere like that really knocked you off course or something, that could be fun. Well, yeah, maybe. Although they don't make that big an Dead. obstruction. Yeah. Really. <coughs> so yeah, I don't know what's up with that. And then the new grenades are, some of them are not working particularly great initially. Well, I mean, the the driller one sure was work fine. The driller, the driller one was the friendly fire machine that just murders your teammates more than it kills <laughs> the fire. In fact, it literally does more friendly fire damage than normal damage. Oh, like wow. it has one hundred and ten percent modifier to friendly fire Weird. for some reason. Is that the bullet one? No, it's the blades, the saw blades one. Okay, so that was just a team killing machine. <laughs> I think it's it's <laughs> that's hilarious. Although from seeing actual gameplay videos of it now, I think it's not as difficult to use as I imagined it would be because it looks like it runs along the train. Mm. So you see people put it in a corridor to make it loop around the corridor and basically kill everything that's trying to walk up the corridor. And you'd think that you might think that would be difficult to deal with because of the way it would run along the geometry, right? But I don't think it does actually run along geometry. I think it runs on like a set plane from where you deploy it. So if you deploy it in a tunnel, it will loop around that tunnel, but it will stay on that loop, like an intersecting plane through where you laid it. Oh, weird. So it doesn't actually react to the physical geometry of the tunnel, yeah. I don't think. So can you launch it at a diagonal angle and have it like spiral down the corridor? Like... No, I think it would probably go in an oval shape in that case. I I, I do need oh, to actually I test see. it myself. So, so it will definitely come back. Yeah weird i do need to test that myself but that's what it looks like from the videos i've seen of it huh. and then the the gunner's gun grenade where it just spews a shit ton of bullets out that's obviously a friendly fire machine just to start with <laughs> <laughs> also because it doesn't have any range oh. uh, any range limit so oh, okay. those bullets will just hit people on the other side of the room <laughs> <laughs> if they happen to be in the wrong place that's quite funny and also that one is more problematic for like how it deploys because because it's meant to stick into terrain. If it like hits an enemy instead, it like bounces off and then lands at like some jank or just comes back into your face and kills you instantly. <laughs> I mean that's pretty funny. But yeah, the, the shredder swarm is fine, although it's going to make people waste a lot of ammo because you can only deploy them once. And but it doesn't stop you from throwing the grenade again. So you can easily uh, waste all your grenade ammo by throwing uh, those and just having them self-destruct. Yeah, okay, that's a problem. But the, uh, well, I mean, the boomerang, the boomerang is, is fine, fine, but not like super powerful. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, a bit underwhelming, really. The stun is good; like the stun lasts oh, lasts lots a while, yeah. But it can only hit like nine targets, which is kind of not really enough. You get a reasonable stock of them, though. Yeah, you get like eight, mm. and if you if you if you have a throw one where there's literally nothing it can target, it, you don't waste it; it just comes, it comes back. back. Yeah, I mean, it would be. Much, I think that they shouldn't have made it an ammo thing. They should have made it literally come back. Maybe have it have a recharge time as well. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. 
make it more like a um uh, an overwatch ability yeah but just make it so you, you you know you just throw it out and maybe even reduce the, the like the stun or damage output in that case if you have infinite of them but like the whole point of the boomerang is it comes back to you they even animated it doing that but you don't get it back mm. <laughs> so it's kind of pointless and it comes back to you yeah it's, it's, you're, it's counting the charges i suppose on it <laughs> right um, yeah, maybe. If you throw it and it doesn't come back, it hasn't and it hasn't hit anything. You haven't used the charge, so it's... yes. But that's on such a rare occasion that you're yeah. actually going to be able to that you're even going to be able to throw it and not have it lock on something. <laughs> it's very unlikely. See, <laughs> so yeah, that's Derek. Derek. Derek, you've both been playing it. Is that the Orinoco flow for a little bit? You segue away, segue away, segue away into <laughs> Zachary Burgess. I, I didn't quite get well, that. You that. <laughs> segue away. Yes, segue I've away, been playing some stuff. Only one more demo this week. We've, we've segue away, and now Zegas away. Zegas away, Zegas away, Zegas away, Zegas away. <laughs> but he's here. He's talking about the demos he's been playing. But only one demo, and it was the demo for Factorio on Switch. <laughs> Oh, uh, you just had to know. Well, I had to see what the what this weird control scheme is like after mm. I talked about uh, talked about what I didn't know about it several <laughs> times. Apparently, <laughs> but yeah, I went in there and fiddled around with it not for very long. And it is well, the weird thing about Factory on Switch is like it's literally a console port in like that direction like it's it's just a pc game running on a console right you can really tell mainly because like you start the game and it just has a loading bar which right. is very unconstantly it just has a straight loading bar as it oh, does all the yeah, bitmap buffering or whatever it's doing you don't see that that much these days do you like there's normally just a like a glowy thing somewhere <laughs> or a start screen yeah or anything but yeah it straight up just has a loading bar into it and then once you get to the menu it's like especially the control binding menu is just like it's pretty much just the whole list of every command you could do on pc except the like half of them aren't bound to anything because obviously there aren't enough buttons for that they might have added a loading bar read out too they might have done that (laughs) and then if you look deeper into that list of controls there's even a couple of things where it's just like this probably shouldn't be here. Where it's just like you can, st- if you want to go into this c- controls menu and buy the control for it, you can access the debug menu. Oh wow! And see all the debug information. Huh. And I think there's even a, a control in that list that specifically mentions something about mods. And obviously, mods don't exist on the Switch either, so that right. shouldn't be there. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but yeah, and then once you actually get into the game, trying to play it, it's it's kind of doable but like it takes a lot of getting used to obviously if you're not if you've been playing on pc you're used to a lot of different things but it has well i mean the first thing is obviously in order to fit all these controls it has a lot of like modifiers Mm. where you have to hold down one button and then it modifies what the other button does and then there's like well it also obviously in order to have more buttons, it does use the D-pad. So you're using both sets of eight buttons and all four triggers. Sure. And I think, because there's one, there's a control that's actually bound 
to this button in the normal control list. I think it actually wants you to play with the Joy-Con separate because I think it wants you to actually use the inside buttons as well. Wow, really? <laughs> Simultaneously with all the other ones. Holy crap, that is a lot of buttons. Yeah. So, and yeah, and then on top of that, a lot of them are just modifiers to add even more buttons. But then, oh. so like the main, <clears throat> the main actual like way it functions is you have your left stick to move and your right stick to move the cursor, except it's not, it has a toggle between a sort of invisible cursor that's like attached to a, a ring around you. So you can like aim, you can push towards something that you're nearby and it will highlight it. But then you can just click the right stick and turn it into an actual cursor that you can just move around the screen. Hmm. So it's got like this sort of auto targeting or the actual cursor. And then that hmm. sort of works the way, the way Factorio plays because you can use the auto targeting to just like, you know, access a building you're standing next to or whatever. Or place a building when it's when you're because you have to be near things to place them anyway. But then if you want to do, I was trying to. This took quite a while for me to work out how to even do it. But when you want to, if you have like a line of furnaces that have been smelting stuff, but you want to run along the line and pick everything up out of the furnaces, the way you do that on, on PC is like you put your mouse cursor over the furnace and then you'd run down because the screen tracks where you are. Your mouse cursor just runs along the line and then you just hold down the button to scoop all the stuff mm. so you can do that in the console version by toggling into the cursor cursor moving that cursor onto the thing and then holding down the pick up stuff combo button and then running downwards except because it's right stick left stick you've then got this thing where you have to like position the cursor first with the right stick then take your fingers off the right stick to push the pick up button and then use the left stick to move you while you're holding down the pick up button so it gets it's sort of awkward in that way where you have to remember like don't touch this stick while you're doing this other thing <laughs> huh. could some of this have been solved by heaven forbid going pointery well i mean that's kind of what that cursor is for like as in like motion control pointery well hmm, i don't know if that would work I, I also i also didn't actually test how much touchscreen interface it has all oh, right yeah if it actually has some i think it does but then then you'd you know with the with the with the controllers detached maybe it does have pointer stuff i don't know i haven't seen mm. that either i should probably actually because I, I didn't take it out of the dock basically <laughs> while i was testing it so i didn't actually test any of that but with the with this sort of and then the way it deals with the hot bar like you'd have on pc is now a radial menu except it's like a layered radial menu so you basically have tabs in this radial menu so you you go into your inventory you put an item into your cursor then you hold down the radial menu button then you put it on the radial menu where you want it to be and then you can tab through like all the different versions of your radial menu so you can have like 10 different versions of it that you can sort through and then when you're in the actual game you can hold down that button to bring up the little radial menu and push the Tab right through. stick in the direction of the yeah. thing you want that's probably okay. So that's reasonable. Yeah. Although I kind of would have... My problem with it is that I can't see it at all times. Like, the hotbars are just there at the bottom of the screen on PC, right. so I always know everything that's there. Whereas with this radio menu, I have to, like, pop it up and then remember where, where everything is in that specific wheel. Yeah. It's not visible at all times, so it's not as easy to keep track of. Yeah, I can see why they would scale that back, though, because the lower resolution... 
of running on the actual Switch screen. Well, yeah, I guess. Especially in portable mode. Well, I mean, it has UI scaling. Like, you can change the UI scale, so you can mess with that a bit. I don't know how far you can turn that down or up exactly. Because mm. it defaults at, like, like 125%. So it's like it's actually slightly scaled up compared to how it would be at normal resolution, I guess. But yeah, it's 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 weird to try and play when you're used to the PC, obviously, but it seems like it should work. It's just it's a lot of a lot of stacked and also maybe it doesn't tutorialize very well either cuz it it sort of hides too much of the stuff like slightly too long because in the tutorial it's split into like these little mini missions where you do like a little bit of progress and then it moves to a different map essentially so it can have different setups but like it, you get to the, you you only see the like command tooltip on like the third mission as in like the little tooltip in the bottom right corner that tells you all the buttons you can currently push and that's way too late for that to be showing up. Because mm-hmm. that, that's like a helpful reminder where it's like push Y to pick stuff up, push left on the D-pad to toggle your hot bars or whatever. I would have thought that should have been there immediately, really, rather than having that hidden. I don't know mm-hmm. why that was hidden. Unless they were trying to like force you to remember the buttons. <laughs> Maybe. But because there's so many of these complicated, multi-layered, like, hold different buttons at different times. It's a bit of a learning exercise. That seems a bit much. But yeah, that's Factory on Switch. I don't know, you know I'm not going to play it on Switch. And it's only the demo, so obviously I'm not going to play that. Sure. For real. I haven't played any actual Factory this this week either. So, <laughs> no more Factory talk. Um, what else? There was Derg, that was the other main thing. But then um, I did get Against the Storm. Ah, cool. I thought it was actually coming out, but it wasn't. It was actually only the early access release on Steam. Oh, I see. (laughs) Rather than on Epic. So I was just like, oh, well, never mind, I guess. (laughs) I'll get it anyway. It's probably a little... Is it like one of those like early access discounts anyway? Well, yes, obviously. There was the introductory price or whatever. Yeah. Mm. So what's the game against the store? Yes, that's the, the roguelike city builder thing, which mm. get, which initially would be a reason to not get it immediately, because as we said about Rogue Legacy 2 or whatever, like you're taking a risk buying a roguelike early because yeah. of the way mm. adding content into a roguelite is sort of going to mess with your overall like meta run or whatever and then like individual runs could be longer if they add later content onto the end of the run or anything like that in this case i think it's probably okay because of the way when you unlock stuff it's not like the blueprints for buildings and whatnot because the run is random and like you're just given a random choice of four blueprints every time it rolls for a blueprint having more content be added in, into that doesn't necessarily affect the way that plays, assuming that it's correctly balanced. Because when, when it rolls the blueprints, it's clearly sort of trying to give you buildings in a, in a logical order, where it's mm. like it, it gives you the sort of the like scavenger camp type stuff first and then like farms and then like processing buildings and then like the late game like 
bar like tavern and whatever that uses all that uses the high-end products mm. it does try to give you the blueprints in the right order but just like a random grouping of blueprints at that level as you progress through the run so adding more content to that wouldn't necessarily mess with the balance of it in that way right and also as i've been getting into more of the site the, the, the like meta progression stuff where between each city building part you you unlock a tech tree essentially using the the special resources that can add to the blueprint pool as well and also like that that tech tree starts adding like actual mechanics as well and also adds buffs that make it easier to survive longer or like well yeah basically to survive longer so so your actual progression through the tech tree also affects the actual way the individual runs play in a way that is still progress and therefore adding more stuff to that wouldn't necessarily mess with that either. And then with the like these upgrades that adjust how the game actually plays, it weirdly has this effect of like the difficulty level is like not really a difficulty level exactly. It's sort of in a way, it's more like the hazard levels in Derg. Right. Where like it, it is technically difficulty, but you don't have to do it. Right. You can just play it at whatever difficulty you want, really. Sure. You just get more rewards if you do it at the harder difficulty. And because of the way the tech tree upgrades make the game easier in certain ways, it just sort of inherently makes it so that you will be able to progress to harder difficulties as you get further up the tech tree because those tech tree unlocks are making the game slightly easier. Oh, okay, I get it, I get it. So you, you, you'll naturally progress up the difficulty, if you want. Yeah, to, but you don't have to. To, to earn faster. Yeah, you earn more rewards quicker so you can unlock the tech tree quicker, but going yeah. up the tech tree inherently makes the game slightly easier too. Right, gotcha. So yeah, that's, that's the slightly... I mean, that's neat in a way right yeah like, it's like going back to yeah anything with like character progression right you progress you upgrade your character and then your new game plus it on a harder difficulty because you... well that's the, that's the other thing about this is like I, ha I clearly haven't got anywhere near this yet because i'm still quite early in the tech tree and everything but it does appear there might be some kind of new game plus in this as well huh. and i also haven't even unlocked the hardest difficulty level yet apocalyptic yeah well maybe but yeah, the and then the difficulty levels have quite a significant effect on the actual, like, well, actually, the third difficulty level, once you get up to the third one, actually adds a whole new mechanic, even, like, that's mm. tied to the difficulty, where, like, during the storm, like, these plant growth start growing on your building so you have to have like a like flamethrower guys that go and burn it down so it adds like another actual sort of mini tech tree inside the gameplay part of it that you have to deal with and like different buildings doing different recipes generate the the blight at a different speed so i haven't tried that yet i'm still only at the second difficulty which is manageable currently i might need a few more of the tech tree upgrades to fully get that under control because it can be quite you know a danger of failure <laughs> mm. 
which is, you know, that's what the point of the roguelike city builder is. There's actual possibility to actually fail as a city builder, which is not normally the case. In, like, city skylines, pretty much impossible to fail. <laughs> no matter what you do, even if everyone in your city dies and your whole <laughs> city gets gummed up by hearses, doesn't I mean, really it's matter. It's still going, yeah. But in this, you can fail. But the... <laughs> I think that does tend to be what happens. (laughs) But I think there might be a slight, I don't know if it's, it's hard to tell if it's, if it's going to be a balance problem in, in the future or whether that is a sort of an early game thing, but it's like, it's too easy to win by accident kind of, or, or win in a way that you don't want to win. (laughs) So like you have a, you have basically an explicit time limit on how long you can spend in a mission because you have the queen's impatience that just goes up over time and <laughs> if it reaches the top, you fail. So therefore, you have to win before that happens. So there is a, an explicit maximum amount of time you could possibly spend. Right. And then on the other side of that, the way to win is to get reputation by completing orders from the queen, usually. That's the that's the most direct way to do it because that just you complete the order and it just gives you a reputation point and the impatience bar goes down by one step as well okay so it like shifts it basically and you need a certain number of reputation points to win and that's fine but then there's the other way to get reputation well one of the other ways to get reputation is if you're if the people in your town are happy enough they start generating reputation over time but you can't like stop that. <laughs> so if you actually make everyone happy enough, you're then on a time limit to win instead of a time limit to lose. Oh, like you can't stop yourself from winning, <laughs> which is actually, oh, you run out of game, which is actually like a bad thing because if you explore more of the world, you can find the meta resources you need to unlock the tech tree. Right. Yeah. So you actually want to spend longer in the map, but now you've accidentally made it. So you can't, <laughs> By being too good. <laughs> right. And you could maybe like I super mean, micromanage that and I just mean, like make people exactly the right amount happy. <laughs> I mean, you could argue that's true of like roguelites as well, right? If, you, if you're able to get through your run in a more direct path rather than yeah. scrounging side routes, you're actually boning yourself out of resources you need to... Yeah, kind of. But in this case, it's just because it is essentially a time limit. It's not like you're choosing to do it exactly because mm. you can choose not to turn in the orders oh interesting so you yeah. can complete them and have them uh, on like on. standby yeah so if you need to win really quickly you can just like complete all the orders and then just leave <laughs> if you cock up somehow but you've got all these orders completed you can just be like oh shit time to go yeah yeah i need to i need to clear this up <laughs> but then you can't stop yourself from winning by a that passive gain, unless you, unless, like I said, you do some like extreme micromanagement mm-hmm. of being like, I have to disable these people from eating this food that they like so they don't get as happy to, so it will stay under the limit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of, kind of an awkward system. Weird, yeah. And there's been a couple of other cases where I don't know if it needs, if there's, if it needs a balance edit or something, but there's a couple of other things that feel like they're too micromanaging to even like bother with almost right like there's one there was a buff that i got on one of these levels where if you if you exhaust a resource node during spring or the game's equivalent of spring it turns into farmland 
but that only happens if you literally use up that node only during spring mm. so then you're in like this situation where you have to be like watching your harvesters harvest this node watching the number go down and then if it gets too low you have to be like okay you guys go and harvest this other node for the rest of the year until spring rolls around and then quickly harvest that node <laughs> and then finish that one off and yeah. it's just like that's way too much micromanagement and is it is the benefit like useful well i mean or? that having more farmland is definitely useful mm. but because it only spawns like a little tiny patch of farmland per resource node mm. i mean the resource nodes are usually grouped into small groups so you'd want all of those resource nodes to get turned into farmland to make a reasonably sized field make it useful, yeah. so then you're having to like do this dance of like manipulating priority on all of the nodes of this patch over years as Weird. it comes yeah. back to spring every time no, it's like strange it's just like that's way too much micromanagement but like could that be like could it, would that be better solved with like a scheduler of some description yeah say like come do this and that at this time i mean that is one of the things that i feel like maybe they could implement possibly is like a little more a little more of that management aspect of like seasonal schedules for that reason because there mm. are some other things that are very seasonal it's mostly good things during the spring bad fin things during the winter right so there's other things like when you open up a new area of the forest during the spring you get bonus resources so you, that's slightly more manageable to micromanage because usually you kind of want to open new areas of the forest early in the year so you have longer to deal with the bad things before the bad part of the year mm. essentially but then the other sort of management aspect that i'd want is you can set when you're setting recipes for for the different buildings to make you can set a limit of like how much output you want so you can be like only make 20 planks but i kind of want a, a like the opposite of that limit i want to be like make planks until there's only 20 wood left so mm. you you reserve an amount of wood rather than limiting the right. maximum amount the of planks like I, I want that opposite limit rather than only being able to limit the the product output. <laughs> I want to be able to limit the input stockpile, like essentially, I guess, because there's no real way, way to control that. So you sort of just have to watch the numbers and then just like turn buildings on and off as necessary. So again, it's just a little bit more micromanagement. That I feel like you could take out, but I don't know if that would be beneficial to the game as a whole because <laughs> like if you automate too much micromanagement then you're just not playing the game any longer <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> but yeah apart from that it's pretty cool I've, although cool. this is obviously maybe another early game problem that I'm just not that I I don't know if I'm progressing the tech tree as fast as I should be but I feel like I'm I've already gotten into like some very specific like patterns of, like i just build my town in this exact way and it just works <laughs> right and also i feel like maybe there's a couple of blueprints of buildings that are a bit too a bit too critical feeling where it's like if you see that blueprint come out you, come up you pretty much just take it without even bothering to look at any of the other options like the smokehouse to make jerky because jerky is just such a ridiculously powerful food upgrade because it multiplies the food basically like you take four meat and turns into ten jerky, so that's already like doubled the amount of food. And then the jerky itself. I mean, I'm pretty can sure be that's used. not how jerky works. No, but okay. <laughs> but then the jerky itself can be used in other recipes. So you're all so you're like multiplying 
the food that way and jerky is one of the foods that like a couple of the races specifically like so that increases their happiness or whatever if you're right. trying to get that up so it feels like the smokehouse is almost always a, you just take that and then, and then i've also been like i almost always take the carp carpenter because it's a good way it's not the best way to make flanks it's a good way to make flanks mm. but it also can make like tools and some other stuff and that is i feel like some of the blueprints and their like st star ratings on the different on the different recipes maybe there's not enough maybe there's not enough options really because like the smokehouse is the only building that has the free star jerky recipe mm. that makes it the most efficient we gotta smoke that jerky somehow yeah you got smoke of these meats. But, you know, you could do it in, like, the kiln, and it's a one-star version of that recipe, where it's, like, eight... <laughs> kiln. It's, like... I've got pots of meat. Well, yeah, pretty much. But then it's, like, a, it's like eight meat to ten jerky. So it's much less... You still get the bonus of having the jerky, but you don't, like, have that massive food modification. And that's how all the buildings are balanced. They have, like, this one-to-three-star rating... So the carpenter is a two star on planks, but you could get the lumber mill, which is a three star on planks. But then it's just that the carpenter has these other things it can also make that, that I always feel are more worthwhile. But yeah, I, you could get involved in that pork urn market. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I feel like maybe this is just an early game thing because I still haven't unlocked all the blueprints, but I feel like there's too many cases where i'm just like i just have to take that one because that's just the best option to do several things at once that i'm going to need like the provisioner for making flour and provisions stupid thought yeah it just occurred to me like when you talk about like pots and things <laughs> like okay because my brain is stuck with this idea of like like ceramics made of meat yeah <laughs> like like when you talk about a clay pot you're talking about a pot made of clay yeah when you talk about a coin jar you're not talking about a jar made of coins you're talking about a jar that contains coins so like if you have a clay pot it's gonna be a pot in which you put all your clay in. well yes <laughs> so technically it could be it's in the clay pot oh you mean the one that made of clay no the one with the clay in it like so if you have a steak urn it's like it's not an urn made of steak it's just a pot in which you put all your steak in that would be weird <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's a weird quirk, I suppose, of your understanding that you know which way round that, that is meant. Well, yeah, so it's, I guess it's like you have to understand that the word pot usually means it's made of some kind of ceramic. Made of ceramics, yeah. <laughs> or, or something inedible <laughs> in this instance. Which is why your coin jar implies that it's a glass jar, probably. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you don't really get jars made of... I mean, jars can be made play. of ceramic, I guess. But it's more common glass. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're more pots or... <laughs> they're more like pots. <laughs> they're just more pots. <laughs> Pot, pots are you normally associate with like earthenware, right? As opposed to just... There's the, as opposed to the word jar. Yeah. What, that jug? That's probably... That, well, a jug is variable. Yeah. That could be glass. Could it? I mean, I mean, it could, literally. But I mean, <laughs> is that what you would most associate with? Or more, or somewhat associated or with? Or you're thinking like plastic or something like that. Like, what well, do, what yeah, do, plastic. Or what would you get? Well, a pitcher. Like, that's probably like some terrible plastic, right? Like, like you know, when you order a pitcher of woo-woo from but does, a spoon. But, but, <laughs> but does pitcher count as as a distinct thing? Or is that just an American word for jug? 
Oh, I don't know. Yeah, where does what is the etymology of a pit? <laughs> Although we've got to this point, the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But luckily, <laughs> is it etymology time right at the end? Etymology yeah. <laughs> One minute to go. <laughs> yes, maybe Dan. Do you want to talk about a thing that you've been playing? <laughs> um, because you have been playing at least one thing. Why? What's that? A thing we made a video about. Oh, what, Disco Elysium? Yeah, that was our ending segue. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Well, you can see all of that because that's up on YouTube now. It is. Um, yeah, so check that out. And we'll see if we'll actually return to that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we'll I, find know, out. I, know. I think that interesting... video watches better than it felt to make. Okay. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I was watching it back being like, this made more sense than I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it was quite quite fun and it sort of works. I was a bit worried that we'd, you know, but it's all voiced, isn't it? I mean, sorry, it's all the, you know, well, the voicing is extra. It's all yeah, that was all, that right? was all, the key thing. That was what so directors can, cut, wasn't it? The voice acting. It wasn't there before. That was all added yeah. later. Um, but we can talk over it all, no problem, and it's all all, all good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like that was mildly interesting. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the fact that I've got, you know, audio ducking over the voice track should make it red, relatively. Oh, nice work. I mean, yeah. We've had that for a while, but like, uh, yeah, in, in the video production, but like, yeah, that should make it at least audible yeah. when we're not talking and like not too distracting when we are talking. Um, that's the idea, anyway. I, yeah, can, I, can, I can tweak that as we go, but um, I, I think I got the balance right here. But it was, um, I think it made for a fun video, anyway. Yeah, so, it's a weird one. I don't know if we've ever been in that YouTube. situation before where it watches better than it. than than the process of making it it's, it was an interesting maybe one. maybe yeah it was, it was definitely yeah it was definitely i was enjoying the editing process let's put it that way yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. which i actually had to do more of because mm, technically te- we've got technical problems in the pipeline again but that's, that's oh really, really? was that to do with the way that we recorded it or, <sighs> or, or no i no it's okay no i've got anyway, I'll I'll it's a local out. problem where when i export the audio recordings <laughs> from our stuff they come back at a different rate a, than they're supposed oh. to. Um, oh, okay. It doesn't okay. always happen, but when it does happen, it's a pain. It messes it up. Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, I have to do syncing nonsense. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, there's that. So check that out on uh, on our YouTube channel. And then uh, among the, other, the next video after that will be the DRG season three because obviously we had to make yeah. a video about that too. Yeah, my my schedule got in the way of us doing more Disco Elysium, obviously. So it was, um, no problem. Yeah. So we've got some DRG season three for you guys to. To check out. You can check out the plague with your eyes. The litho plague. Eye plague. So check those out on youtube.com. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another Salacast. Yeah. Yeah. We'll catch you then. Goodbye.